Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's Pinball with Personality. Welcome, everybody, to the Pinball Show. This is episode 89. I am your host, Dennis Creasel, along with my new co-host, Mr. David Dennis from Silverball Chronicles. David, welcome to the Big Boy League. Oh, yes, I am here in the big time. What can I say? You have longed for this for quite a while. I've seen a number of messages that you have sent for Zach to see saying that you are willing to step in and do an off week. Off weeks are defined by me as weeks that I am not present, but here you are instead of Zach. So it didn't really work out the way you thought it would. No, certainly not. I do a lot of lobbying every other week. I'm always the first one, myself and Robert Byers, basically saying that we want to be in the co-pilot chair. And uh, I did get a huge opportunity to host the Pinball Industry Awards this year, which was taken away from me. Just Snatched. grasped. Grasped. It was, it was I, tragic. And we'll touch on that more uh, later on in the show. Uh, so I guess, uh, you know, before I'm moving on, uh, are you excited? Even though, I mean, you don't, you don't have Zach to play against. He's not going to do all this faux rage, you know, taking these really weird contrarian sort of stances like how we need 10 pinball machines and we'll just number them machine number one through 10 and they'll be the perfect competitive machines. Yeah, you know, I don't bring any of that. No, this is, this is going to be a no shenanigans, straight-faced, straightforward event here today. So if you've tuned in for tomfoolery, you know what? That's not happening. This is straight to the goods. It does make me wonder, though, like, uh, how much longer is Zach going to podcast? I mean, he'd been missing the off weeks for quite a while. Now he's missing the on weeks. <laughs> oh, well, sometimes family, my friend, takes over and uh, and you have to get that done. As well as all the uh, the work he's been doing here over the last couple of weeks. He's deserved a couple of weeks off to probably go to Florida and sit on a beach or jump on an airplane and go to Mexico or... Isn't it cold in Florida right now? I've been hearing it's really cold down there. Iguanas are falling from the sky. Wow. They're just, they're coming at you from all directions. It's, it's crazy. We mm. actually just had a blizzard here in the Northeast. Oh, what a shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have these things called nor'easters. Are you familiar with a nor'easter? I am familiar with the term, but I do not know the specific science behind it. Yeah. So uh, over kind of in the Chicagoland, Toronto kind of lake area, they get this thing called lake effect snow, right? Where the the, the snow comes in and spins around. Yeah. I, I used to, I, li- I did live in Syracuse uh, when I was doing my graduate school. And so we had lake effect snow all the time that year. And they'd always announce it. They even had a little intro for the for the weather on the news channel. They go, the effect. They called it the effect. 
they they'd say the lake and then they'd show like a scene of of snow and then they'd say the effect and then they'd show more snow <laughs> it was there was a lot of snow sunday 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 lake effect snow yeah i was there over the 2000 2001 and there was it was a really heavy year i think syracuse was within a tenth of an inch of setting a new record wow tenth of an inch that's how i always feel i thought you feel in metric <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. So what happens is that lake effect snow starts over kind of in the uh, around the Great Lakes and it moves east. And then you've got the uh, coastal, the east coast effect snow that kind of comes up. And that's like the same sort of uh, event that you get when hurricanes come up, right? But it comes mm-hmm. up with cold snow. And then they both meet basically right over kind of the, the Massachusetts, uh, Maine, over here in New Brunswick and Atlantic Canada, it all just kind of the two, the two storms jam into each other. So you go to bed and you wake up with like forty centimeters of snow the next morning that you have to dig out of your house. Yeah, the the strangest thing for me being being from sorry Kansas, that centimeters that's like that's like seventeen uh, inches. You know, everyone just made up numbers. That's fine. Um, <laughs> they they converted it in their own special American way. Yeah, no. I the, the weird thing for me wasn't even the volume of snow, though. Obviously, it was very uh, different than what we were used to in the Midwest, uh, at least in the central Midwest where I'm from. But was that you would actually see it blow because of the effect hitting with the ocean. You'd see it come in. There would be storm fronts that actually come from east to west, which is not something we see in Kansas. Everything's west to east, except for very, very atypical situations. But that was just commonplace because of how that all would spin, essentially. So, when, But when you were zoomed in, it would be like, okay, well, this snow is actually going to start in the eastern part of New York and it's going to move west. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Right now, at this very moment, my neighbor is blowing snow with his snowblower. Mm, so I fancy. apologize for any loud noises. As well as usually, I'll record this at my office, which is like five minutes down the road. And because I'm literally snowed into my house at the moment, and I haven't been out to shovel or anything, I'm recording here in my wife's home office. So I do apologize if you hear screaming kids or, or blowing uh, snow from the neighbors and things like that. But uh, I'll do my best. Now, given we're discussing nor'easters and everyone in the listening is probably like, what does this have to do with pinball? Do you think that nor'easter is the next American pinball theme? Well, I think the next American pinball theme is going to be an original theme by Dennis, Mr. Ramps Nordman. Mm. So that's, that's probably, uh, it's probably going to happen. Okay. You heard it well, here first. I bet it, I bet it could possibly do at least in Eastern Canada better than Rush. Yes, but not as good as Canada A from the Punny Factory guys. Now that uh, you know, I don't know where that is in the schedule, but I, I did see a lot of disappointment that the Pinball Industry Awards was unable to celebrate Punny Factory. But the fact is, uh, we didn't hear about any being shipped out in twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Maybe twenty twenty two is their year, the year of the pun. <laughs> it's time for TPN Industry News. Hello and welcome everyone to the Pinball Show's Stern News Update. I'm Craig Bobby. And we start our Stern Update this week on a somber note with the news of Pinball's legendary software engineer and former Stern employee Lyman Sheets tragically passing away on January 19th after losing the battle with mental illness at the age of 55. 
Lyman was responsible for designing or helping create the software and code of over 45 pinball machines in a remarkable career spanning nearly three decades while working at Bally, Williams, Data East, Stern Pinball, and Chicago Gaming, where he helped make classics like Medieval Madness, Monster Bash, Attack from Mars, The Walking Dead, Metallica Tron, or the more recent Batman 66, Elvira's House of Horrors, and the new Cactus Canyon remake, to name just a few. His rule sets are seen as groundbreaking and still serve as the backbone for modern pinball rules design. An avid and world-class competitive player as well, he was viewed by many as pinball royalty, although he always had time for a friendly hello or helping a fellow pinhead when that elusive solution couldn't be found. Yes, Lyman Sheets set the gold standard in the world of pinball code and software design, but also just for being a damn decent human being in our humble hobby that is enjoyed by so many the world over. Lyman is survived by his loving wife Penny, his sister Beverly, uncles Christopher and William, and of course by his many, many friends and legions of fans who will miss Lyman and mourn his passing for many years to come. Rest in peace, Lyman Sheets. We certainly will miss you. In what seems like rather trivial news in comparison, delays, delays, and yes, more delays as Stern Pinball continues to do battle with supply chain issues that the entire world seems to be suffering with at the moment, most recently with their latest release of the Rush Music Pin. Although Stern was able to ship many of their first-run orders of the Rush Pro Edition machines to various distributors in the first couple of weeks of production, this line has been delayed over the past 7 to 10 days due to parts shortages. In the meantime, in order to keep that production line moving, it appears Stern opted to make a few Deadpool and Mandalorian premiums for owners that have been patiently waiting for those titles, some for over a year. This week, it's looking like the Rush Pro line will start up again before they turn to their Rush LE buyers, followed then by a run of Rush premiums at the end of February. Ooh, can't wait. And in the meantime, while there may be production delays, the coders at Stern are certainly moving forward full steam ahead as the Stern code bonanza continues. This week, we have new Mandalorian code V1.02, Batman 66 code V1.06, as this title makes its debut on the Stern Insider Connected Arena while also addressing various bug fixes and upgrades for that title. Dwight Sullivan and his team continue to amaze and perform as they continue to tweak and polish code for what some were calling impossible and would never happen, let alone happen again twice this year. Yes, new code yet again for the Munsters now at V1.11. And last but certainly not least, the king of all monsters and pinball machines it seems Godzilla received a kaiju-sized update this week. V.90 is now available for the Pro Premium and Limited Edition models. Well, that's all for this week. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. This week, I'm going to give you an update on the current market prices of Jersey Jack pinball games. There have been some recent fluctuations that I think make this interesting and a reason to do a Jersey Jack pinball-only version of Pinball Market Trends! So the first thing that appears to be happening is a lot of Guns N' Roses hitting the market. We're going to be using Pinside as a proxy for the overall market, and right now I see eight LEs ranging in price from 9500 to 10 k 
five CEs from 17K to 21.6, and even four SEs from 7,500 to $8,000. That means there are currently 17 Guns N' Roses listed at the time of this recording. That is a lot of GNRs. And what is even more interesting is that right now, The Hobbit is priced higher than GNR. There are two listed for 11k each. That is a huge bump up for that game. We also see a few Wonka LEs also listed for around 10 to 11k. I think that this means if you're looking to snatch up your very own secondhand GNR, now might be your chance. Bye bye bye. In other pinside shenanigans, someone recently highlighted a post made by Jersey Jack Pinball on Instagram. It features a picture of Eric Menier poking his head out of the top of a GNR cabinet. His smiling face was not the focus of interest in this photo, though. In the background, in the upper left, someone thinks that there is some unusual cabinet art on one of the pins on the line. In fact, they claim that it might be the long-awaited and still currently unannounced Toy Story. You have to squint really hard to make out what this person claims is there, but it is way too low resolution and blurry to say anything about what this game is. I think it just points to the excitement that's building over this title and what people are trying to do to glean any little piece of information they can. We here at the Pinball Show will keep on top of the story and you will all be the first to know when some new piece of information drops. For the Pinball Show, this has been Ken Rudberg. Hey, this is Kaz with a quick update on American Pinball. While there's no major news this week, Stephen Bowden was a guest host on Pinball Profile, episode 331, where he talked with Stephanie Lesser about her new pinball-themed puzzle book, 101 Fun-Centric Pinball Puzzles. It's got crosswords, word searches, mazes, and more. And you can find it on Amazon. You can just search 101 Fun-Centric Pinball Puzzles. And it's only $9.95. It was a great discussion, and go get that book. And also check out the Pinball Industry Awards. You can go check that out on YouTube. Look under the Pinball Network. It was a great show hosted by Zach and Greg. So go check that out. I hope everybody has a great week and has fun playing pinball. For the Pinball Show, this is Brian Cosner. Hello and welcome to this week's SHIT update with Dr. John on the Pinball Show. At last, some news to report out of Spooky and Haggis. Spooky has opened up their merch shop with a number of hoodies, hats, tees, mugs and everything that's normally available from pinball manufacturers to be purchased by you to show your love and support for Spooky Pinball. The website can be found at shop.spookypinball.com for all your spooky apparel needs. And congratulations to Corwin Bug Emery for winning the Iowa State Pinball Invitational. All that play testing at work has paid dividends as Bug ascends into the hallowed halls of game designer and top competition player. Keep an eye on him in the future. And out of Haggis, at long last, after a little bit of niggling from the general public, Haggis has released an email outlining manufacturing is commencing for the Fathom Games. Of course, it will be the Mermaid Edition first, and the first to receive their games will be the series ticket holders, as they're called. These are the group that pay, place their deposits down for all five upcoming 
Haggis Remake games, and although that number hasn't been released, they will be receiving in their Mermaid Edition games first, followed by those of us, that means me, who have purchased the Mermaid Edition Fathom, followed by the Standard Edition games. It's anticipated that the commencement will be in four weeks, and those on the list will be receiving a more detailed email to pay their money to have their games manufactured. Good news from Haggis, things are moving forward, and that's it for this week. And just finally, a thought of respect, admiration, and dear missing of Lyman Sheets, who of course passed away. That's it from me. Catch you all next week. Matt Morrison here with your Chicago Gaming Company update for the week. If you thought CGC was on a permanent hiatus, think again. In case you missed last week's episode of the Pinball Show, here's a recap. It sounds like Cactus Canyon Remake is finally going in boxes and a few shipping out this week. After SEs, then the LEs, then the SE Pluses. I'm excited to get some time on the production games and compare it to the prototypes I played at Expo. And I'll report back with my findings here. That's it for this week. Back to you guys. So let's go ahead and uh, let's get into the news now, David. And unfortunately, we're going to start with one I I know a lot of people are familiar with, but we have not discussed it on this show, and that is the passing of Lyman Sheets Jr. And I know you've loaded up the obituary, so I think it'd probably be best if you want to just go ahead and read that, because I don't think it's very long. So this is the obituary uh, from uh, Lyman Sheets' uh, funeral, which was held last Friday, uh, January the 28th at 11 a.m. Eastern. After a courageous and long battle with mental illness, Lyman died by suicide on January 19th, 2022. His soul is finally at peace. Loving partner of Penny Epstein, devoted brother of Beverly Sheets George, cherished uncle of Christopher George and William George. Lyman was a pinball software engineer whose accomplishments spanned three decades. Lyman brought a wealth of knowledge in software design as well as gameplay. His vision for gameplay and rules were the result of his many years as an avid pinball tournament player and enthusiast, and many of his rule sets serve as the backbone for modern pinball rules designed today. He loved watching people playing and enjoying his games. Please assist us in bringing awareness to this silent epidemic. In lieu of flowers, donations can be made to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Yeah, so when the that came out and the news, I, I mean, I was I was surprised. I didn't, for whatever reason, I just I had not contemplated that his death might have been, but might have been a suicide. And I I'm I'm glad though that the family was was willing to actually say say that because at least here in the U.S. Historically, there was a stigma associated with suicide, and it takes a lot of work to get rid of that stigma because a lot of people have issues related to mental illness and mental health is just as important as physical health. So in regards to that, I, I'm glad that they put that out there. I'm glad that it actually has started quite a discussion. I've seen such on, for example, on Pinside, a lot of people are really talking about their own battles with mental illness and depression. And I think that it's good to put that stuff out in the light and normalize it and say, you know what? Lots of people do go through this. It's okay to seek help. 
And if you're feeling depressed or, you know, you're suffering from anxiety or anything along those lines, it's okay to reach out. So I'm, I'm hoping that this sort of message and the loss of such a prominent pinball personality really does bring a lot more awareness and acceptance to the challenges that a lot of us face with mental health. Yeah, pinball is a very sort of macho, uh, handyman kind of hobby. And uh, of course, the stigma for mental health is, is, is real. It has been real. And, uh, having something like this, this so publicly come out is, is a good thing. Um, we can all celebrate Lyman for what he was and, and realize that, you know, as groundbreaking and pivotal, pivotal as his machines were in pinball, that, you know, he did struggle his entire, his entire life and now he can finally rest. And hopefully now we can bring some awareness to that. Um, the obituary mentions the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So uh, you can give to, uh, the National Alliance of Mental Illness in Lyman Sheets' name. And, and I think that will, that will help to honor his name. Yeah. And if for whatever reason you're not you're not comfortable or able to make a donation, you know, you can always reach out to people that you know and care about and just check in on them. Yeah, this 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 whole pandemic thing that we've been going through here for the last uh, 2 years is is really I think brought this to the fore. Before, you know, people had mental health issues and and you know, you struggled at home or you did what you did. Now it's so hard to find any relief whatsoever. It's hard to go to a pinball tournament and and have that positive uplift from your friends. It's hard to see friend, uh, family, to take travel, to do vacations, to just go to the mall and hang out. All of those things have been taken away. So it has enhanced the negative energy in the world, basically, and, and We've seen a lot of problems now when it comes to to people passing away from from issues with mental health. Oh yeah, the it's uh, you know it's uh, increased isolation has an impact on on social creatures such as as humans and even introverts typically do want to go out and do things from time to time and have had an impact of this as well. And I mean, it doesn't have to be this severe either. We have seen lots. I mean, I myself have had points where I, when we were in like early 2020 and it's just like or i should say early 2021 and the pandemic's going on and it's just like i couldn't even go play pinball anymore with anyone and i was just like you know sort of like stir crazy almost it's like when will this grind of just being here end and let me do something else? and i'm not an extroverted person but you start to miss the ability to interact with other people you know, aside from through your webcam. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm a, I'm an anxious person. I've always been an anxious person. Every morning I take, uh, anti-anxiety medication to sort of level me out and, and chill me out. And, and I am an extrovert. My, you know, like I love to see people, people recharge me right now. It's so difficult for me to sort of charge my battery up. So when I get kind of bummed out, I get, I get really bummed out. Well, let us go ahead and move on to, to a happier topic then. And that would be Stern Pinball. Well, I guess it's only happier if you own Stern Pinball machines, but nonetheless, we will, we will do our best to make it happier. So your favorite, your favorite part. That's why I'm not going to do it. New (laughs) code. So David, there's new, there's new code for uh, Godzilla. It's version 0.9. And apparently it's a fairly large one. Would you mind? Because I despise going through code updates, doing it instead of me. Yeah, you could just take a nap, uh, go go hang out if you want to. The the Godzilla code, uh, judging by the show notes here that I've been given, because I'm a bit of a diva and I required some show notes because 
quite frankly, I don't care about all this stuff either. They've added a lot of really big, big stuff to the Godzilla code. One of them is the Planet X Wizard Mode, which is when the player gets through all of the Tier 2 battles. They finally have sort of like a mini Wizard Mode in there. They've got a Smog Monster Frenzy, which is a new mode available for Mystery Awards when you collect two secret combos. Don't know what a secret combo is. But they've added ten of them, Dennis. Oh. I know. Keep it secret. I have no idea what they are. Keep it safe. I haven't played a game since Stranger Things, but... I'm, sh- I'm sure it's still shooting combos. That's kind of what I'm guessing. Now, with the Destruction Jackpot, they've added a verbal countdown for the ball release, which is mm. pretty exciting, right? A little Building a little anticipation. Yeah. You don't have to. You can just listen for it. They've increased the sh- uh, the light show, the sound effects, and the callouts. Award-winning callouts. We'll touch on that later. Oh, my. Oh, my. Don't, 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 don't spoil it, then. I'll touch on it later. Ah! So production updates. This is this is what this is the bread and butter here. Mm, this, this is what is, people turn to. This is what people like having a, a distributor host the show because they get all the skinny on production updates, at least for the companies that they sell. The TPN email gets so many comments about how they like the production updates in the shows. So I'm I'm actually I'm actually really pleased that we have this in here. It doesn't really matter for me. I'm in a totally different country. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my distro is not flipping out pinball. Sell sell sell. Yes. And you know the the uh, TPN email also gets people like asking if certain stuff at flipping out is in stock. Folks, the TPN email is not for flipping out. You gotta email that direct to Zach. Don't don't send it to the TPN. That's not it's not the business account. Yeah, They're separate gonna, you things. Get a, you get an angry email from Dennis Creasel sitting on I, the can. I know some people spread this rep that TPN was really just like this uh, flipping out thing, but it's not. So <laughs> email the flipping out email accounts if you're asking about product. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Bob, stop doing it. <laughs> so, uh, of course, the, the thing that dominates now is is the back orders. Everything mm. is slow and back order across multiple manufacturers. Stern, though, it shows up more with Stern because they release more pins, right? They're a machine, so you notice backups and production delays oh, yeah. a lot bigger. So, you know, one of the, the biggest ones I know people have been concerned about is they're trying to get Insider Connected kits. So what's going on with those, David? Yeah, those are estimated two or three weeks. So they are backordered hmm. again. I don't like – I would love to know what is it that they're waiting for? Like, what is it that Stern – like, is it the plastic arches that are shipped from Asia or something? Is it the – is it the little, like – they're, they're out of solder at Stern. They need a bunch of solder. <laughs> you know, I you know I hadn't really thought about it. My, if I were to guess, it would be the little something about the little camera oh. that does a scan. Like, is there a chip? You know, I usually blame things on microchips. So, is there a chip with the that's in the like? I doubt it's the camera, like the lens, but but maybe it's a chip that's on the board or or in the camera that it needs. And nope, sorry, Ford took all those chips. So you're yeah. out of luck. There's like there's like a little gerbil inside the inside there like running around on a little wheel. Mm-hmm. Though no two gerbils. to three weeks isn't uh, compared to what we were seeing. That's really not that bad. Anything under a month is doesn't seem like that bad of a back order. Yeah, uh, what I have noticed though, um, we've had this in some of the discussions that we've had. The Stranger Things apron is very different because mm, it has yes. the UV light kit holes in it. Yeah. So there's a bit of an issue there. Well, I don't own one, so I don't care. <laughs> What I'll about say. you? Do you have the strange? You said the last game you played with Stranger Things. Do you own one? No, no, I just have Tron. Did you? I, did the Stranger Things you play have the UV kit? 
No, that was I played that with like 0.8 code. It was absolutely horrible. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I played that in Toronto in January of 2020, just before the world ended. Uh, we won't talk about that anymore because that will make will make us all sad. So instead, <laughs> let's talk about something happy, and that would be the Rush Pros. I are they finally going to finish up the initial pro run? Yes, so they've resumed the initial pro run. It is on its way. They are making their way out. The LEs will also begin by the end of this week. So if you are on the LE list, hold on to your hat. And I'm I'm hearing from Zach that the premium run is going to start on the week of the 21st of February. So a little under a month to go before those start to be built. Yeah, you can really see you could really see these production delays, right? Like it's it's really before. Remember when Stranger Things came out to, to tie it back to Stranger Things? They they like released that in like just before Christmas and they were in arcades and the run was basically done by the end of February mm-hmm. for everything. And then they couldn't even sell them. Mm-hmm. Where it's it's absolutely astonishing well you know what else is astonishing is i have received word that deadpool premiums actually got on the line they were (gasps) that was supposed to be a last year thing those 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 are a mess those are an absolute mess i i've seen i've seen on various discords that i'm on people going where am i i'm i have an order in on deadpool and i haven't gotten my deadpool it's a great game right it 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 had a slow start but it, it hit its stride about halfway through its production. And whatever they're waiting for, whatever is the issue on manufacturing those, has that that can was kicked down the road, I want to say like three times mm-hmm. last year, specifically yeah. the premiums. Yeah, and I don't know why, because my theory had always been that they just ran low on red ink. <laughs> but hey, But apparently it's affecting really just the premiums and- and uh, not, not, the, not, the, not just the pros. I, I bet you it's that lift gate. gate. I bet you it's that orbit lift gate over mm. on the shooter lane, right? Because that's the only major, well, major maybe, difference. Maybe they're short on drops and they just have stand-ups for days. In yeah. And the, in the yeah. buckets and the bins at Stern. Yeah, they're like, well, we, 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 we canceled all the drop targets in Richie's game. We got them in this bin over here. We could just take those. That's true. They won't be needing them to, for LZ sales. No oh my. So anyway, the uh, so Deadpool premiums are expected to. Uh, well, no, they apparently this last week uh, they were built. But Zach noted this was the run that was last supposed to be. You know, I don't remember how many other adjustments they had had to the to when it was going to be done. But I remember the announcement of them supposing to be done in December. But uh, but it got pushed back. So I guess they'll go out here in early February. And then oh, one of my favorite games. This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. Yes, yes. Iron Man, the vault, the the current vault. Uh, the vault of the vault. Yes, apparently. Or was it the vault of the vault of the vault? So, a uh, Sam game. Uh, the only Sam game I think they were still producing, Kurt. I don't think there were any other Sam vaults in production, but apparently it has been formally discontinued. Now, I don't think that's particularly surprising, but the issue is the orders that were pending. They have actually terminated all future runs it is done 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 hasta la vista iron man oh that was bad that was bad no i, I think it was, I think it was pretty good. every other week good. he does this every other week this is painful so so many of the dealers actually of course you've got those lists right everybody's on an interested list mm-hmm. or a yeah or wait a list. back order I'm list on my di- i'm on my distro's wait list 
Right. Well, you're you're all you're all SOL now, guys. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to go to the secondary market and buy your Iron Man vault for a thousand dollars less used. Mm-hmm. Yep, like the rest of us, <laughs> like, like like us plebs. Yes, yeah. as the common as the common folk in pinball have done for years. You'll just you might have to go with a vault that was four years old. I mean, I, don't, I just I don't know. But you're not gonna get yeah. that new box smell. But uh, yeah, Zach's uh, information to us indicates that any dealers that still had orders outstanding for this title, those orders were not going to be fulfilled. They are canceled. Oh, that must be the worst phone call to make. You know, the, the, I think probably the two worst phone calls to make to somebody who's who's on a list is one, the price of your pin has gone up by $1,000 or $2,000 from when you put your name on the list. The other one is that the game is totally canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah, uh, but you know that's when you've got this. Uh, it's it's just it's odd, and it's something that you know. This is the one thing that I really associate just with Stern is this. Hey, we'll do price increases, and they're immediately impacting everyone who's been waiting. And hey, let's just go pull the plug. Yeah, well, that I might mean, happen more often business, than I, I realize. Guess. But but yeah, I mean, I guess it is what it is. I mean, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, uh, right, and to exactly. be fair. Uh, in theory, there should be plenty of Iron Man pins floating around out there. So I they've mean, run I, that a bunch of times. I've wanted Iron Man. Uh, it's it's a game I really really like, but I could never mentally get behind paying modern spike prices for an Iron Man vault. I just couldn't do it. That was one of the reasons I didn't buy. Uh, I didn't buy Star Trek because I was mm. like, well, why would I buy a Star Trek for the same price that I could buy a Deadpool Pro? That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's just. This is it's how funny it how pinball works like that, right? Like yeah. in, in cars, it's like, get this thing off the lot. It's costing us money, right? So, you know, mark it down 500 bucks and get it out. But not pinball. It just sits in a distro's warehouse until he finally gets it out the door or she finally decides, you know, okay, it's time to get rid of it. At least at one point. But my understanding is, you know, like, again, Stern, I had heard, this was a few years ago, but they uh, they put on a price floor on what their official distributors were allowed to discount down to, which is, again, most of the things I am involved in do not do that. So that was very odd. Uh, but nowadays, it doesn't really matter because the demand's been so high, everything. I mean, I bet you if you had Munsters in stock, you'd sell them at this point. <laughs> no. Oh my! I don't know about WWE. There might still be a line in the sand there, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that people are are using that to heat their homes in the Northeast at the moment. <laughs> yes, I'm sure the monitor up there in the well, I guess that was only the premium LE, but the monitor up there in the in the ring probably puts off a lot of good heat. I just have this image of like a bunch of like like a homeless folk under a, a WWE cab that's got like the fire coming out like a barrel. You know, they're like. <sighs> Oh, it's so hot. So nice. Keep rubbing oh. your hands together, brother. Oh, oh my good. Oh my goodness. The it's so sad that the the legs are starting to crack the cabinet on this thing. Oh. Oh well, that, but that's okay. You can find. You can. I think you can get that same mustard yellow off of the Guardians, Ellie. So yeah. <laughs> just strip the legs off of that game. My favorite yellow is mustard yellow. <laughs> it's everyone's favorite. Speaking of favorites, uh, Stern Insider Connected. So I'm hearing good news for Batman 66 owners. Yes, Batman 66 is an absolute masterpiece. Talk about Lyman Sheets. This thing is an absolute masterpiece. It's got a little clunk. Mm. Some people doesn't doesn't really do it for some people. But, but that's not Lyman's what. fault. No, that's, that's George's, George's fault. fault. Yep, exactly. This Batman 66 
You can get the Insider Connected on the title, however. The units that were sold prior to the Insider Connected kit coming out, so those that were actually made like years ago, they're going to require a special connectivity kit because there's a unique bottom arch, apparently. Oh, gosh. It's like Stranger Things all over again. Yeah. Weird, I don't- weird apron stuff. Yeah, I mean, what? What's? Do you know what's so unique about the Batman sixty six nope, arch? I, I do not. Is oh, it must be because it maybe has those plates in it, right, for the cards. Yeah, it says. I I mean, yeah, I they do have the cards. I didn't know that was going to. I mean, apparently the way this reads is this affects all the versions. Did did the the premiums come with that stuff? Yeah, because the because they did, but it wasn't signed by Adam okay. West. So I think it had the card. It wasn't signed by Adam West. But and anyway, actually, that's, that's I'm, I'm really confused now because I'm actually seeing that the specialty kits are going to be required on more than just Batman. Yeah, all of the kind of the unique games. Well, There's, but also Star Wars. Right, which I guess it's probably the, the Hyperloop. Well, it's, it's the just, yeah, LE, so this right? is Star Wars Premium LE. So so I guess we should go ahead and go through. So it's, it's Star Wars Premium LE, Batman 66, Beatles, Elvira House of Horrors and the Stranger Things Pro with the UV kit all require this special uh, a, a specialty kit. I don't know if it's the same specialty kit for all of them or not, but this it must be an absolute mess for Stern to manage their back catalog with all of these sort of different arches and things. My guess is on a go forward, all of the arches will be standardized. Yeah, I, I would agree. Well, and of course, they're going to come with Insider Connected, so it's, it's going to be moot, even if they wanted to change it. You're going to need to go get a special kit. Right, exactly. Good point. Good point. So uh, what what games are not yet actually up and running on Insider Connected? Will it be the Star Wars Mandalorian? And, and of course, everybody's favorite coded game, Monsters, for some reason, it does not have an update for the Insider Connected kit. Can you believe that? Monsters has lacking code. Uh, yeah, I just assumed limited demand, but I'm I'm more surprised that Mando uh, doesn't. Hey, you know what? What do all these three games have in common? <gasps> all three of these games are Dwight games. Dwight, where are our achievements? Oh, my God. Does that mean we're getting a fancy updated code for all three of these, do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't know about fancy update. I mean, were people waiting for a major update to Star Wars, for example? More ball saver? I. It's pretty generous as currently coded, isn't it? it can you code the outlanes to be smaller? <laughs> you see that? That's the can you can you code the plunge to not uh, drain you down the left outlane when it goes over and hits those drops? Exactly. I don't know. Fixing layout with code can be a bit of a challenge, but uh, yeah, I heard good things about uh, the code changes to Ghostbusters to solve some of those layout challenges. You know, I don't think I've ever played Ghostbusters with that new code. I it's did. It's not even it new code wonderful. anymore. But it was wonderful. They I really heard did. very good. I heard very good things. Finally, I didn't want to smash my face off the bottom arch. Now, speaking of face smashing, I don't know if you've heard the latest Loser Kid Pinball podcast. Actually, I did, and I really, really liked this episode. Yeah, it was it was fun. I, I always like to listen to Loser Kid, though. So, but they had a t- they had a twofer. I'm sorry, it sounded like I peed there, but I didn't. I just poured <laughs> some tea in my in my tea yeah. cup. Yeah, sorry. Well, Zach might cut that, or I might leave it in now that you mentioned it, but. Tim Sexton, also known as Time Sexton, according to Zach's notes, and uh, Ray Day uh, were both simultaneously interviewed on the Loser Kid Pinball podcast. What did they talk about, Dave? Yeah, so they talked about Coding Rush, um, you know, it beginning before Led Zeppelin and how they kind of structured it together, the three challenge modes. 
But the thing that I pulled really most from this is kind of the loser kids. Everybody loves to, to sort of probe and kind of ask, Hey, right? Like what, uh, what's coming up or what's going on? Right. So when you're at a show, Tim and Ray were sort of talking about how people kind of come up and they ask or they, they try to kind of pull one over or they're watching how they answer questions. I thought that was super interesting. But the way Tim said was, that as much as they want to talk about those things and they want to tell their friends and they're excited to show what they've been working on for so long, that that takes away from the work of other individuals at those shows that are releasing their pins, right? So it takes away the focus on Insider Connected and how exciting that that program was and all the work that went into Insider Connected if they're going around kind of spilling the beans about Rush, so I thought that was really, really interesting. You know, all I can say is because uh, Raymond Davidson does stream on on the Pinball Network is whenever Stern comes up, he just gets real quiet in the Discord, doesn't say anything unless he's heard me uh, criticizing something about Led Zeppelin. Then he says, right, or or if uh, if somebody mentions the code incorrectly on Rush, he, oh, he'll pipe up. He, oh yeah, yeah, he'll he'll cor- he'll correct mistakes. He's a corrector that one. Yeah, we probe. We really do. We try to we try to get the info, but my goodness, he is tight lipped. Now they did talk about some challenge modes, three challenge modes, I guess, over about Rush, but I don't really really remember any details. Yeah, it's code. Nobody. It's. Uh, I think it's it like, was still kept fairly vague. But FYI, there's some there's some plans for that. So some that more was th- breaking news. Actually, yeah, it was breaking news. So that's why we mentioned. You know, we always cover all the the good breaking Exclusive. news. Here. You know what the other big breaking news item was on that interview is Loser Kids admitted that they can no longer get the the hot hat that they were <gasps> branding. That hat is no longer, I guess it's discontinued, or at least it's no longer available through their printer. So those of you who have wanted to launch a competitive hat against Loser Kid, I think you have a window now. Wow. See, I have one of those hats. I do as well. And now I'm thinking about flipping that hat for about 500 bucks. I'd trade it for an insider connected UV kit compatible connection package. Yeah. Yeah. I'd trade it for any pin at the moment because quite Hmm. frankly, nothing is affordable. Nothing. Shoot me up. Yeah. That's probably, that's pretty true. So speaking of pins and speaking really broadly about them, I think it's now time to go ahead and talk about the second annual pinball industry awards, which uh, was just held actually back on Friday. That's right. We got to we got to give it a little more oomph than that, Dennis. The Pinball Industry Awards Friday, Friday, Friday. The second annual Pinball Industry Awards was held this past weekend. You should have introed it like that cuz you were you were the intro. I worked so hard for four or five days on an entire ceremony and it was hijacked. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess uh, go ahead, going ahead and touching on that. Cause I had on a prior episode of the pinball show mentioned when talking with Zach that, you know, we were really looking at some really low key sort of like social media stuff. And, and that, uh, I guess for people that are wondering if we, we did uh, the old switcheroo, uh, no, that plan was was real. I mean, we had the whole pinball industry awards uh, 
committee, the governance committee, we were busy talking about, like, could we do animated GIFs or do like little like 15 to 30 second videos and just drop them on social media and do this because... Uh, for those that don't know or don't remember, Zach, he wasn't a part of the PIA committee this year. He took a step back and he, so he wasn't involved. He did not, you know, he wasn't helping us decide what new groups we were going to have as, as judges, all the changes to the excellence awards. None of that involved Zach. So he yeah, was, he totally had mentioned on the loser kid podcast, a couple of those, the reasons why he decided to take a step back this year. And a lot of it has to do with Zach gets a lot of crap for stuff that he's even like minimally involved in just because he is sort of the, the sort of out there or a uh, evangelist for something, even though he may have a small amount of uh, work in that he, he just was like, I don't want to deal with that this year. And last year we got a lot of crap. Yeah. And it was, uh, and maybe not everyone who was on the, and we had a lot of different committee members this year versus last. I think you and I were the, uh, you and I and George Fisher were the only holdovers. Yeah, um, that's right. But uh, – and I had warned a lot I, – at least I tried to warn a lot of people that the first year of the PIAs, as we usually just refer to them as, uh, there's going to be – we're going to get blowback because, uh, you know, maybe it's – I don't know if it's a pinball thing, but – I mean, I remember the first year of the Twippies, there were people on Pinside blowing back on it saying, like, why do we need this? Why do we need an award ceremony? And of course, ours was a little different was, why are, why do we need another award ceremony? Um, and, and that sort of stuff. So I had expected it the first year and I noted it's going to be a year one thing, which I think was pretty demonstrably true. We got next to no criticism about doing a second one. Yeah, so, there was only like maybe a couple of things that sort of popped up, but and, but really straight sailing. Oh yeah, no, really, really, really minor, and and I don't think it was because Zach wasn't involved. I think it was just that oh, it's all right now. Once it's established, people quit whining. It's just how it. Is. I mean, I might complain about the specifics, but at, and that's fair. Every award show is going to be criticized by the decisions they make or don't make. Uh, that's pretty typical. So anyway, here's my theory. So Zach and Greg were the surprise hosts. And the thing that I think happened is after that TPS episode, this is a stuff there. I don't, I, Zach never confirmed this with me. So this is me putting an assumption in place. But when I explained what, and he and you and I have a, you know, we have a little messenger chat and we had described what we were planning to do. And I, based off of his responses, I think we absolutely appalled him. Yeah. I, 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 I think he was that. like, you're not planning to do a ceremony. And I'm like, no. Cause I mean, we discussed it as a committee and the thing was, Every single one of us was super uncomfortable doing it because we knew it would be compared to the first Pinball Industry Awards ceremony. And there's just no way anyone involved with the committee was going to put in the time, effort, even if we had the skill to try and do an entire ceremony, have the transitions, have all the, the video over. It was just, it's a lot of work and no one was, we didn't have the time. I didn't have the time to do it. Like, I mean, Dennis, straight down the middle, a pinball show. The, the production quality that they have on the videos that they shoot for manufacturers, even just the silly kind of this or that videos they have on YouTube, like the Zach and Greg are just so good at that, that we could not compete with that. And everybody mm. would just be like, oh my God, poor David and, you know, Rebecca Salem and, you know, George Fisher, David Dennis, they're just, oh my God, it's just, it's horrible. It looks so bad. So we decided to go in a completely other direction. Right. To, to Something be that would basically so different. be, yeah, not comparable at all. Uh, and I, you know, I still think it was, 
it was a sound idea. I don't think it would have been as cool overall. I think, uh, you know, well, there were only a couple people that gave feedback online about it. And they, of course, wanted a ceremony. They wanted to be able to tune into a premiere and, and watch something. Um, and they wanted to be more of an event than sort of us just kind of releasing things a little bit. Yeah, and we yeah. had, we did hear a lot of that, that feedback. And quite frankly, I'm so glad, uh, that Zach and Greg did it because they were, they, they obviously were like, Oh, this is not going to go well. Let's, let's, let's get the excitement back. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm really glad. Yeah. That they so, did. so anyway, Zach said that they would actually be willing to do the ceremony. And I was like, Oh, well, that was a huge relief. And, and so, um, my guess is that's probably why Zach has, has been missing a number of those, what I call those off week TPS episodes is he's been doing video editing over those, those weekends. Cause as we had determined Greg and Zach were going to host, uh, quite a while ago. Yes. Right. And they also brought back Crystal, the announcer lady. Yes. Yep. So she which was Which is back. my favorite. And it's funny. It was funny to me because Zach kept saying, you know, this isn't going to be as, as good. You know, this is a more of a rush thing. This is not, not referencing the pain. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to do 75% yeah, of what we did you know, before. I thought it was really good. Um, my wife commented that she thought this year was even better because so, some of the, some of the, some of the too much was scaled back a little bit. Mm-hmm. The rapport that Greg and Zach had, they were a little more comfortable this year. I, um, I saw I saw some others mention that they thought that the interaction between Greg and Zach felt better this time too. I didn't mm-hmm. remember it as a like a weird. I mean, they they know each other so well. I don't think they ever really come across as stilted. But it may depend on how many beers Greg had before you started recording. I don't know exactly Miller Lights. Mm. Yes, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the Randy Travis, choice. the Randy Travis back and forth, just, I, I just lost it. I mm. couldn't handle it. it so funny. And, uh, you know, a lot of really positive feedback about they, they opened with an in memoriam for Lyman Sheets and uh, it was, you know, it was pretty emotional and I'll, I, but it was very well done, very tasteful. I think a lot, every, every comment I saw about that was people really appreciated it and also that there were a lot of people crying. So it was, it, it's a, it, you know, we're all, we're all impacted by that. And I'm glad that the pinball industry awards and, and Zach with his editing and that we were able to, to really celebrate Lyman mm-hmm. and, um, having, having the videos at the end of him just smiling and laughing and, uh, doing those things. That was a, that was a big deal. Yeah. And, and for, and and was, they, Zach kind of <laughs> hinted at it when they were leading into that, that portion of the show, but, because the news about Lyman came so late, Zach had to scrap his intro and and put all that together. Like that was obviously that wasn't the plan. He had an intro in mind. It was actually going to be, uh, I guess, a in his view, really funny intro, which was a little bit biting, a little bit of a roast, I guess, at the expense of manufacturers. And he was even going so far as to vet this with some of the manufacturers to make sure he wasn't stepping over a line. Because you know how Zach is. There's sometimes lines and sometimes he likes to kick yeah. a dirt over some, himself. Sometimes he disappoints us a little bit with some of his shots and shenanigans. Yeah. And, and that was one of the, I mean, that was one of the conditions of him and Greg doing this is we did not get to preview this award ceremony. It was, he, we, we watched it we just turned like it, everybody yeah. else. He, he, we turned it over to them. That was, you know, that's the, if you give, uh, if you give Zach and Greg clearance to do something, they get to have creative freedom. So we were willing to take that chance because it meant they were doing the work. So, uh, but anyway, I thought it was very, very well done. Let's go ahead and uh, I guess just run through, uh, the awards and the winners. Uh, and I think the game stuff, Dave, you're going to be able to fly through. <laughs> Yeah, thank goodness for this. They'll just be able to just smash through some of this stuff. But 
let's, I guess maybe let's focus on some of the highlights. Godzilla dominated. <laughs> Absolutely dominated. So we had, uh, what was it? 55 applications for judges by, uh, pinball hobbyist personalities. Yeah, 55 that were approved. We did have a few uh, people that either – most of them that didn't weren't approved didn't complete the application. So they have to give us permission to be able to list their names on the website because that's one of our transparency rules we have. And a lot of them just didn't get to that s- step. And I, I emailed everyone who who was an issue. And if I didn't hear back, obviously, I couldn't let them be a judge. So. So 55 was the number of approved ones we sent ballots to, and then uh, 53 at least partially filled out ballots. Right. So we had a we had a wide variety of of podcasters, videographers, um, tournament players, or a few tournament players. We would have liked to see more. Yeah, that's my biggest. Uh, I'm uh, there's not I, not to whine, but yeah, that's my biggest disappointment because that was a new category, and you know it wasn't just the overall top fifty. We also included the two version. There are two versions of the IFPA tracks of top fifty for women's. Like there's one where the, I think it ranks them off of any tournament. And then there's one that ranks them off of the women's only term. So we we had I know it's not 150 unique individuals, but it was a pretty big pool, and and I'd hoped for for more. I think we only had a couple. Yeah, we had players. we had we had more uh, judges this year, but we really want we wanted like 25 yeah, no, our, more. Yeah, our judge yeah. count I think was up about like t- over 25 percent from last year. But I just expected, given how much we broadened the categories or thought we did, uh, I'd hoped for even more. But I guess that can be a year three goal. Yeah, so keep keep an eye out, uh, anybody next year for judging ballots and and being able to apply if you meet that criteria. But uh, you know we're still growing as an industry awards show, and uh, as we pick away a little bit every year, I'm I'm really pleased with with what we're able to do. In terms of the 55 ballots that we sent out, the breakdown was as follows: we had 16 podcasters, we had four social media providers. That was one of our new categories for this year. We had 20 streamers, which was our largest category. We had uh, two of the top 50 IFPA ranked either overall or women's. That's a new category. We had four tournament organizers. That was a new category. We had eight video content creators, and we had one writer. Exactly. Now, we'll be we'll be breaking those down in detail on the Facebook page and on the website here shortly as to the names of those individuals and what category they fit into. Mm-hmm. So, Dennis, a lot of the time people just go, well, aren't these just TPN people? Yeah, no, I mean, some of them are. But, exactly. Uh, but I believe uh, someone went through and did the breakdown. Actually, it was mentioned in the ceremony. And yeah, no, the majority of the judges were outside of TPN. Exactly. So we're really excited to share that. Uh, keep some, uh, keep your eye open for the detail of that. But you want to dive into, uh, let's start with something kind of more fun. Let's go with the inductees to the Pinball Machine Hall of Fame. Yay! Yeah, yay! So there was, there was no, I think, major issues with the balloting that went out. This is a public vote. Everybody can vote as long as you have the link, right? So this isn't the, the, the judges that have the pre-vetted, uh, you know, ballots. This is anybody who is anybody. We had about the same amount of people this year that voted last year. I think I want to say it was around 320 people. Mm. So it was a, it was a large, large engagement. Um, the only confusion that we had was that a couple of people didn't read the description at the top of the page and they were wondering why certain games were missing. So for example, people are like, well, where's eight ball deluxe on the list? Well, written there, it said previous years, 
are not eligible to win again, obviously, because they're already in the Hall of Fame. And those names were listed. So some people didn't read those. Now, but other now, than t- that, let, tell me then, uh, because we had, you know, they're all drop down style except EM because there's so many EMs, it would be very difficult to build a list. So did Grand Prix actually try and win again? So, so here's the thing. So the write in <laughs> category, the write in category for EM. Grand Prix has won two years in a row. (laughs) (laughs) In violation of of the rules. (laughs) Right. So it's ineligible to win the second year. So we went down to the second game in that era. As you would have to. Which was, uh, what was it, Jungle Queen? It was Jungle Queen, Jungle Princess, the two-player or four-player version from Gottlieb. And I have played a lot of Jungle Queen and it is very deserving, but mm-hmm. I didn't think it would have as many votes. Now, it I had so, half as many yeah. votes as Grand Prix. Yeah, I'm, I'm really <laughs> – sur- yeah, no. Guys, don't write it. Uh, Grand Prix is going to win in year three also. But, but, <laughs> so, like, read, read, the, read the rules, please. Please. We beg of you. Um, yeah, no, I've played Jungle Queen as well. Yeah, it's fun. I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised, though, because it's not – uh, it's just not what pops in my head when I think of famous. It is famous, so I it's mean, not. I voted sing along. Yeah, that's what I voted because I yeah. I love sing along. But um, you know something like a, a doodle bug or a slick chick or you know maybe one of the what like El Dorado or something. Um, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's so I'm I'm really pleased with that. It's a kind of a it's kind of a surpriser. It was it was a very deserving game you gotta get those monkey drop targets man the monkeys Mm. gotta shoot the monkeys yes so much fun so much fun so then the 1970s era right yeah these are um, solid state 70s exactly so now of course there's only three years of solid state games in the 1970s but it doesn't make a lot of games though right but it doesn't make sense to say decade and only say three years that's just silliness Mm. but this one i'm really really happy with Harlem Globetrotters on tour, as well as tied with Gorgar at 11.31% of the vote or 31 votes each. Yeah, I was really surprised when we had a, a tie there, you know, though, not the only tie during the Pinball Industry Awards. Yes, exactly. The 1980s era, no surprise here, Centaur yep. from Bally, 10% of the vote. The 1990s era, this one's a bit of a shocker. I was surprised. I was so sure it would be Attack from Mars, but you're right. It wasn't. I was like, what? It was not Attack from Mars. One vote. It was Twilight Zone with 11.1%. I'm not a Twilight Zone fan. I like Twilight Zone, but I mean, ahead of something like Attack from Mars, ahead of what I thought was going to win, which was Adam's family. Mm. Oh, yes, Adam's. Right? Yeah. It's surprising. Shocking. Shocking. 2000s era. So this is the, this is the era that, um, has a little bit of the controversy. Yeah. This is the one everyone's like, when are you going to stop this? <laughs> because, because most of that era is garbage. Yeah. Four years in, basically everything is going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? So last year was Lord of the Rings by a massive sweep. As it deserved. Exactly. This year, it's the Simpsons pinball party with 27% of the vote, basically a clean sweep. So ne- I mean, what's the next best game in that era? Uh, I mean, Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man would probably be the third one. Uh, and then if you were to keep going, my guesses would be you would probably see World Poker Tour and maybe Terminator Three. Shoot here and here. Those are about the only ones people talk about in a positive manner, though. So Elvis. 
Is Elvis any good? Uh, I actually uh, I do think Elvis is fun, but I don't know how many people have played it. Ugh. Let's get to the shocker. Da-da-da. The shocker. This was, I was, you know, I, I, I get, when I thought about it, I got it, but I was, I, yes, I was really surprised just because so few people own it. In the era from 2010 to 2019, we've got games like Iron Maiden. We've got games like Batman 66. You've got uh, WWE. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's true. <laughs> but we've got some of the probably the best games yeah, ever. ACDC, Metallica. I mean, there's some huge heavy hitters. Exactly. R- really, exactly. post 2012, there was a ton of really popular games that helped bring pinball back to what it was. And for those that don't remember, Wizard of Oz is what won last time. Well deserving, right? Changed the the industry. Well, here is Total Nuclear Annihilation by Spooky Pinball with Scott Denisi as the uh, designer there. Huge round of applause for Scott to pull out the win with 12% of the vote. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I own a TNA. I, I really do enjoy the game. Uh, I just it, it did not cross my mind because they only made 550 of them. So it's not uh, it's not a high unit game. At the time, it was for Spooky, but it's just, you know, again, uh, just really, really interesting. So that one was a, I, I can't say, I mean, obviously I own it, so I can't say it's undeserving. It's just, I would have thought for sure, like it would be an ACDC or a Walking Dead or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is like The Wizard of Oz before it. It has added something different, a big, you know, some flair some some salt and pepper on that steak. This thing has really, I guess, showed the test of time that it is something special. And I think that the the, the three hundred people that did the voting, you know, twelve percent of them basically said, "Yeah, that's got a little bit of something extra, that secret sauce, and it deserves it." And that is exciting that he has beat out the names of Keith Elwin, John Borg. Lyman Sheets coded games. That's a big deal. So Scott, you should be proud. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was really interesting. And for me, I I felt different in a way as well. So because one of my issues with well, Wizard of Oz. I mean, it's really credited for pushing like the let's have full featured pinball again. Let's have a lot of mechs. Uh, introducing the LCD as a what ultimately became a staple of pinball machines. I don't think Wizard of Oz is that great of a player. Yeah, exactly. But, but TNA is. TNA is a fun game. So, and it's just so interesting because who would have thought that the second inductee from 2010 to 2019 wouldn't have a single ramp on it? Oh, amazing. And has so much hot glue. Yeah. In a way, I actually, I don't even think it's in a way. I think it's safe to say that the Hall of Fame voting was actually the most surpri- surprising thing to happen out of the whole show. Uh, yeah. Just because, and granted, I mean, it is our only people's choice aspect. So what happened with the game awards? So the game awards, this is a whole, this is a whole thing. So, um, Godzilla wins everything. You know Ah. what I mean? (laughs) So that's no surprise. I I think the, the, what happened here, and, and we're probably going to see this in the Twippies as well, is Stern released three games last year. Jersey Jack released zero games last year. American Pinball sort of, Basically, kind of, kind of released a game they, at the end they, of the yeah, year. Yeah, they got they got Riot Pinball's Legend of Valhalla out to people early enough to meet our deadline, but I don't know how played it was. So, so this is this is a bit of an anomaly it, of a year. Yeah, it and was pretty much Stern versus Zach. Spooky. That's pretty much what people knew. 
Yeah. And hats off to Zach and Greg because they were able to make the ceremony fun and interesting and they, the flowing and the pacing, even though we basically knew Godzilla was going to win pretty yeah, much yeah. everything. The, the chat was pretty positive. I mean, there were some people that were kind of, you know, ho-humming that, oh, it's Godzilla, you know, Godzilla. I mean, and, but you know, I mean, well, the, the votes are the votes. You can't, can't go in and change the votes, but it's interesting because it's like Godzilla winning just about everything. Uh, makes for a boring list of awards. But also, if Godzilla hadn't won just about everything, who would have really believed, like, what, who'd you pick to be judges? Because it's, it's just, it's like, if you have an awards thing and Godzilla isn't cleaning up, people are going to think something's wrong with your system. So, Exa- exactly. I the, mean, the, the process is proven that these, these people are, you know, hobbyist personalities. They're the streamers. They're tournament players. They're us mm-hmm. who are, you know, hyper focused on what's the code do and what's this do. And the conver- our now, conversation in our social life revolves around this stuff. Now, and I, I did not agree with every win of these games, but by and large, yeah, no, it was in no way surprising to me that Godzilla did so well. And it didn't win every game award, just almost every. <laughs> So can we can we go through and do some griping on a few of these? Sure. I you want to just run through real quick with the I mean and we can gripe as we as we need to. Yeah. So best cabinet art and backlash. Godzilla wins by a 32% margin over Mandalorian. And if I remember for me, I I voted Mandalorian on this one. I voted Mandalorian on this one. I specifically voted the premium on this on this one. So on our ballot, you choose your game, and then it gives you another page that says premium, uh, LE, or pro is your favorite. Randy Martinez killed it. He killed it. Yeah. This was some of the I, best art I have seen on a pin for a long time, especially when it comes to photorealistic style. He was robbed. Absolutely robbed. <laughs> I I mean I did think it was superior. I I did like the cabinet and back glass on Godzilla, but uh I I thought Mandalorian was was a better package. Um I also thought it was really interesting that Halloween actually you didn't it wasn't in the in the top 3, it was actually fourth. So and that was one thing that Halloween has been praised for was that cabinet uh, and back glass art. Now, uh best art on the playfield. I voted Mandalorian on this one. So did I. <laughs> and it lost even worse. It big time, big time bad by 45% margin. Mm. And all these percentages are on the Facebook and will be on the website shortly. 45% margin. Yeah, I was. Uh, again, I wasn't surprised that I'm, there were some people that complained a little bit, very mildly about Godzilla. It almost came, became a little bit of a, a weird thing. Cause I, Jeremy Packer, Zombie Yeti, who did the Godzilla art, I, you know, I, th- I felt early when the game dropped. Cause that was really the only criticism. I thought it was fairly light, but he got a little defensive about it. And so it kind of seemed like it was maybe more of a thing than it was. But apparently, at least with these, uh, these media and social personality judges and tournament people that were our, our judging pool, they're like, nope. It was, uh, and I, I would say that it should have been closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a blowout. I, an I, felt, blowout. I thought, you know, what can I, of course, I, I, I wanted it to be tighter than this just because i thought mandalorian was just excellent really I, I thought that 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 art package got really praised but it seems like once godzilla came out everyone forgot about mandalorian i mean you know spoiler alert mando won nothing so and at the time when mandalorian came out i thought this might be stern's game of the year 
It was. Of course, it, I didn't so know good. what Elwin was working on, but yeah. So, best lighting effects. We have something that's not Godzilla. It's Led Zeppelin with the expression light kit specifically. Mm, yes, that, and I I did vote for Zeppelin for this. Uh, I did as well. This is a thirty two percent margin over Godzilla. This just beautiful expression light kit has a bit of a silly name, mm-hmm. but it is it is a great kit. And Mike Vinicor, who people may or may not know the name, uh, he is one of the sort of the jack of all trades programming trade booth individual. You see him on the social media a lot for Stern. He specifically designed all of the expression light kit stuff for that, as well as Rush. So I, I thought this one was very deserving, and it did win by a significant margin. So Thank goodness. Because yes. I think if something else had won, I would be like, oh, are you kidding me? Theme integration. What about yes. that? Yeah. So, I mean, this is <laughs> Godzilla. Theme integration. I mean, when you look at that, it is a world under glass. Mm. It totally is, right? Yeah, it no. looks exactly yeah. the way it should. Yeah, and this was this was a this was a, a big margin. A fifty-six percent margin. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge, almost almost three fourths of all the voters chose it. It was so popular. So that's actually not the biggest shellacking that happens. So so uh best toys. Best toys. Godzilla gets eighty-eight percent of the share of best toys. That is an eighty-one percent margin over Mando. Yeah, that that collapsing building, I think, is what sold uh, so many people on it. But it's not even just that. With the you know the premium LE also had the bridge, and uh, though I feel this maybe is more into the next category when we talk about innovation, but the Newton ball magnet also pretty popular and very very involved. I mean, it's used a lot. You've got the 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 rotating spinner draw uh, yeah, stand up target the bank thing. for Mechazilla. For Mech- like. Godzilla. It it was now all transparency. I actually voted Mando on this one. <gasps> I did. So I M- thought Mando I- doesn't have a Mecha Godzilla tummy grab magnet. <laughs> tummy grab. <laughs> you want uh, you want to know where Zach's got that? I've always called it the tummy grab magnet. That's from me. Yeah, because that's what it is. He grabs it with his tummy. What I did is I chose Mando because yes, the building is really cool with the diverters and all that stuff. Absolutely, but I mean that has been sort of done before when it comes to you know like the design of that kind of building. Oh, are you thinking Doctor Who? Exactly right. It's kind of been done before. A rotating spinner jump ramp into a magnet has has kind of been yeah, done. Yeah, but before. it's best toy, not best innovation. No, so I thought the toy. That that rotating play field on Mando, I thought was super cool. Mm. I really, I really think that that does not get its sort of just due. But I am in the significant minority. People here. punish Mandalorian because <laughs> Baby Yoda didn't do the arm wavy thing without right. a twenty-page mod. Exactly, exactly. But um, the other one that's interesting here is Jurassic Park: The Pin and Sorcerer's Apprentice for best toys. Yeah, they each got one vote. Exactly. <laughs> uh, best best innovation. This mm-hmm. is another big, big, big margin. 60% margin for Godzilla over Sorcerer's Apprentice. Now, a lot of people were like, why is Sorcerer's Apprentice on here? Because it's using the play field of a different pin. Right, the Cosmic Kart Racing. So why do you think some of the judges, actually a lot of, well, I mean, more over Halloween and Mando, again, wrong, Mando should be up here, but 
Why do you think they went Sorcerer's Apprentice? Uh, I, I have two theories. One would be it is possible some of the judges may not have been aware that that playfield module had been used on a prior game. So that that's a possibility because Cosmic Kart Racing came out a while ago and some of these judges may be too new for that. Uh, the other thing might just be they really considered it. How does the software take advantage of that equipment? The, the kind of the staging balls and the, in the, with the magnets that that, is, that play field module is really known for. Um, and they've added the a lot of ones, RPG so. elements in there. They added like, it's not a sort of regular traditional pinball experience with Sorcerer's Apprentice. I think that was, I think that's what it's done. Could be. It could also be some of them may have been going in and going, as much as I love Godzilla, I know these things have been done before. My, my, I did vote for Godzilla, and the reason I did is only because I didn't factor in, because you're right, like the Doctor Who thing going on uh, with the with the building. It was the Newton ball uh, magnet. That was new. So God, that's why I backed that it. Is, that is pretty cool, though, isn't it? That's why I backed it. Best playfield layout. Oh, my goodness. 89% margin, Godzilla mm. over Mando. And no Poor Steve Ritchie. Poor and Steve no Ritchie gets one vote on one that vote. Zeppelin. The king of flow. More like the king of no on this ballot. Oh my. Ouch. Uh, best rules, Godzilla by 40% margin over Mando. The, I was actually surprised that, uh, that Godzilla wasn't... I mean, it's not close at all. I don't want to downplay it. But I actually thought... We would have seen a closer margin on playfield layout than we would on rules. Yeah. So I figured rules, rules specifically, you got the Rick Nagel, um, you know, Keith Elwin combo. You've got some of the other support team on there adding a little bit of the extra code on it. You, you really think that that would be the blowout, not necessarily the layout. Yeah. And, and I do think had we been successful in getting more of those top tournament people, more than the two that we had for our, our judges pool that we very well could have seen Zeppelin pass Mandalorian on best rules. Yeah. Because would, it's, it's definitely favored over Mandalorian amongst the competitive players. Yeah. So best accessory, your favorite category. Mm. Yeah. I actually asked uh, David, <laughs> David can confirm. I asked, could we drop this category? Cause I didn't <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, we actually had a discussion on that. And I'm like, no man, the accessories are great. I, was, I, I think accessories. the only one who wanted to get rid of it. But. <laughs> Overruled. Yep. Well, that's the problem with committees. <laughs> So uh, Insider Connected, 75% of the vote, 70% over the Led Zeppelin airship topper, which I think is actually pretty slick. Yeah, people like to see little light beacons. Ever since Batman did it, everyone loves them. I think it needed, I think it lasers. What is it, lasers? That'd be pretty cool. People Not in your eyes, lasers. though. But once, uh, once we put together the accessory list, I knew Insider Connected would win. The general rule of thumb is, of course, the accessory challenge, and part of the reason I'm never a huge fan of this is anything that's used on more than one game is going to have a leg up. So insider connected is used on 17 different games. So 18 now, I guess with rush, the, the, uh, the best music category led Zeppelin by 53.8% over Godzilla at 23%. So here's the controversy in this zone. How do you compete against led Zeppelin last year? You GNR won. 
And it was the same controversy. People, there are people, and they, again, it was, it was during the live premiere. People said it in the chat. People will say it online. Some people might go on their own podcasts or shows and say it, which is totally fair. And it's going to be the, we don't think that, you know, real bands should get to be up against originally created music for pinball machines. And I'm like, well, you know, just now behind the scenes, like, what are we supposed to make a rule to ban it? Because, I mean, the same thing's going to happen with the Twippies. People are going to complain if if something like Zeppelin wins. Uh, it's like, you can't, I mean, at some point you have to let the judges interpret the category, is my stance. Now, now that being said, I also don't agree with that position at all because I voted for Zeppelin. Yeah, so then, so then you, the, the thing is, do we break best music into two categories of best original music and best band music? Well, no, if there's I, one band pin that year, there's literally one. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pin. I, uh, the reason I don't agree is to, in a way it's, it's semantics. Uh, you want, you want the real snotty answer. My, my snotty answer, Dave, would be you snotty. Well, if you want original pinball music to beat established bands, get good. But I will say there's only a 30% margin on the difference between Led Zeppelin and Godzilla. So Jerry some, Thompson. Some of the judges may have very well just said, no, I'm not just going to vote for some you know best of hits that didn't even have Stairway. Right. So, I mean, there you go. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like, I mean, Led Zeppelin compared to Jerry Thompson doing a pinball machine. Like, quite frankly, um, you know, that should be like 98%. But it's only well, a 30% margin. And, you know, there's stuff, the sound engineers are doing stuff on those games with the music as well. I mean, and don't forget, like, back, you know, going back last year with the same controversy on Guns N' Roses, Slash did unique music for the game. So, to me, it was like extra moot. Godzilla but, yeah. has a Blue Oyster Cult in it. Yeah. Maybe that's why I got that 23% of the vote. Yeah, probably. Best sound effects, Godzilla by another 30% margin over Mandalorian, which mm. I'm I'm taking issue with this one because quite frankly, I thought the the Star Wars stuff that they get to then mix with the original stuff has to beat out 100% original stuff from Godzilla. Hmm. Now, I declined to vote in this category because I have not been able to listen to enough of the the sort of the sound effects. Right, right. And and so for those that don't know, we do have a there they people so that they don't accidentally skip a category. I do we do have a decline to vote option and I, I didn't compile the percentages on that. Of course, we have it in our SurveyMonkey uh PDF report that we just pull all this stuff from. So, um I don't remember if I voted in this or not. I can't remember if, what I did. I I just don't remember. So best callouts, Godzilla by a 10% margin over Mandalorian. This yes. is a this is a complete complete snub. At Carl least it Weathers. was close. At least it was close. Carl Weathers. Yep. Did the call it and he didn't like I mean he didn't Ernie Hudson Ghostbusters it. He didn't just just destroy everybody around him with how amazing they were, but he was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, you- I did vote for Mando on this. I thought his callouts were were better than shoot the lamps. So can you explain the shoot the lamps thing to me? <laughs> I guess there's a voice uh, a voice person that uh, Stern likes to use, and they often kind of have this sort of East Coast Brooklynish accent. And to a lot of people, the shoot the ramp line in Godzilla sounds to them like they're saying the R like a W with that accent. So it's like shoot the lamps. Oh, I see. See, because I'm from the Northeast, I don't hear that. 
Yeah, it's but, all sounds. You thought I was saying shoot the ramps the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, but so those of us out in the Midwest, it's ramps versus ramps. Right. So I've like I live what like five hours from Boston. So I don't I don't hear anything different. <laughs> I say no. I say out. So right. I mean, come on. We got uh, best animation display and effects. Godzilla forty percent, and I have to agree with that. Yeah, um, I, I uh, they had some interesting original stuff. I know they all really did, but I also really thought the reason why I voted Godzilla on this one was just how they took the old movie clips and integrated them in. Like, yeah, I agree. Really creative uh, design choices that just from the what the Jet Jaguar guy sp- spinning around the monster to, of course, the one that everyone remembers is I, f- I forgot his name already. The little Godzilla guy getting kicked back into the fight as the ball save and. And it just, it was like, it just integrated really, really well. Like, I like Mando's uh, animation display effects and stuff, but to me, that feels more like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's just sort of like, here are clips from, you know, that are cool from the I, show. I like, I like how in Mando they freeze the frame. Mm. Um, I like the integration of that. I like how Mando, you can upgrade his armor in the actual heads up display of the thing. It's all very cool, well, but. And it did way- come in second, so it was, it was well respected. Yeah. It was, uh, what is this, uh, 12% margin? Yeah. Yeah. It was, this was one of our closer categories. And then Sorcerer's yeah. Apprentice was, uh, was third. The only yeah. other one to break 10% of the Yeah, level. which literally has a whole LCD screen in the middle of the playfield. Yeah, but it was it was unique animation created just for that. And that didn't have anything from CCR. That was yeah. all wholly new, so. It getting 13% is quite surprising. So, at Multimorphic, although, you know, last year you won um, best, was Toys. it innovation, best toy for the crane yeah. in uh, Heist. You should still be pretty happy with how you how, yeah, how no, it, it went. It, it, it was, and that's one of the things I really like, you know, when we decided to do a pinball industry awards, you know, my reason for wanting an, a select group of, of judges wasn't to be snobbish, but rather if you're trying to bring in people that in theory have been everything we've chosen, be a media or, or like a high level tournament player or tournament organizer meeting these conditions is in theory, we're trying to use those ideas as proxies for people that have actually experienced a lot of these games and we really emphasize in the ballot for them to not just pick their personal favorite but really try and evaluate like what what you want to do and your mailman that you're asking to vote for you because you create something isn't going to do that so exactly that's the idea and that's why i think we see things that might not have really high production runs do really well is the idea but of course the the issue this year is godzilla was just seen as such a better game than in a comparative, I mean, honestly, a fairly weak year. Yeah. We actually, it was, it's not down a lot in, on total units versus uh, 2020. But when you start thinking about that, well, you know, Ultraman is the same layout as Halloween. And three of the games were P3 games and all of them were module free. They were all DLC games. It's, you just, it's like. When you think about it, it's like, wow, you know, no, as you noted, no JJP, there was no CGC. Uh, it's just is what it is, but absolutely. So the, the best in show, which is our game of the year. (laughs) So I do not think we will. I'm just going to speculate. I do not think we will ever see something this one sided ever again, ever. Yeah. So, of course, surprise, Godzilla wins Game of the Year, right? Everybody knew that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knew Godzilla's going to win Twippy Game of the Year. Like, it's all, it's obvious. Like, come on. Doesn't get any more obvious than this. But can you tell me why on the actual ceremony that we listed Godzilla and Led Zeppelin, but we didn't have a third place finisher? Right. It's because 
those are the only two games that got votes for best in show. Godzilla and Led Zeppelin are the only games that got votes. So those are the only ones that we could actually put in the best in show nominee list. And can you tell me how many votes Led Zeppelin got out of all of them? Yeah. One. Literally one. I, I, and I don't know because I haven't gone and like looked at the, the individual that I just downloaded the summary sheet, uh, in terms of what I review, but uh, my assumption is someone misclicked. Do you think? We didn't let Steve Ritchie secretly in here. No, no. And Ray Day wasn't allowed to go and vote because he's in the industry. So So somebody voted. Somebody voted for Led Zeppelin. And if you are that person and you meant to vote for them, we're not mocking you by any means. It's That's why we included this. But for it to be 98.08% for Godzilla and 1.92% for Led Zeppelin is hilarious. Mm. Yep. No. Not two votes. Not two votes. He didn't, it wasn't Godzilla didn't get 100% of the votes. There's just one, which I think is just, just still cracks one. me up. Just the one, yeah. Uh, yeah. We've had a heck of a lot of great feedback as well when it comes to uh, the industry awards this year. We've had a lot of good constructive feedback of people like, what if you did this or what if you added that? Really, really pleased. So if you could shoot us uh, some feedback information, specifically around uh, category awards, the game awards here, uh, it's uh, the pinball network at gmail.com. But do you want to go into the Excellence Awards? Yeah, we can go through those uh, those pretty quick. Now, I know you went and put together percentages on those because I actually originally just uh, had gone and, and done the uh, – looked at the vote because the way we did – the we really changed up the Excellence Awards uh, this time around. That was one of the areas I was super uncomfortable with how we did it the first year. So for those that don't remember, for the first Pinball Industry Awards, we actually had – a group of 12 people in TPN there. So they were all pinball network people who went and they did nominations of people for, for these categories. And then we had a big session where we would debate and argue and, and pick the winners. The two things I, I didn't like about that approach was one, it was only TPN people, which is not the way I wanted this to. Yeah. But the pinball network is organizing it. So the, the governance committee is all TPN. I'm fine with that, but I just didn't like that it was that sort of select, that it was more so than I wanted. And leading into my second big issue is, of course, what we ran into is people were really, and we, Zach, when he was on the committee in the first year, we argued about this was, well, what happens if you want to support a TPN uh, entity for the Excellence Awards? And I couldn't do it. I was like, no, it's going to look corrupt. Uh, I can't, I cannot support that. So the change that we all made with the new committee this year was, let's just ask the judges uh, for the game awards to go ahead and be the judges for the excellence awards. But then the question was, well, how do we develop the list of who they can pick and the criteria? And it was just like, no, let's not do we any did, of that. We didn't want to get into pre-voting. No, no. We didn't want to get into no. any of that stuff. So it was just like, well, we'll just do, let's just do a write-in. We'll do straight up write-ins. And it worked really well, except for, of course, the sucky part, which was having to go through and (laughs) compile all those, right? Because, of course, people are spelling things different. People are naming the stream. Other people are writing the name of the streamer. It was, uh, anyway, so the way we did it was, was that we did the write-in approach. You actually, because we, you know, this is all in SurveyMonkey. So we just download the results. You typed up, uh, all of them and, and combined them in a 
spreadsheet. I went through totally separate on the same spreadsheet. I made my own tabs, went through my PDF report and did my own version to see how they matched up. We shared that through the full committee. We made the decisions on, of course, if any of them would want to do their own tally, it was easy enough. And so uh, that was that was the approach we took. And yeah. uh it was a lot of work, <laughs> which right it now was, I'm still it was a little bit more work than I would have you assumed. Know, I'm it still been. kind of burned out on it, but 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 that being said, it was effective, and it wasn't it wasn't that bad. You know, it just it it killed one of our weekends. But anyway, not, enough of the whining. So so yeah, so <laughs> so um, excellence in pinball streaming. Um, Carl D'Angelo at IE Pinball with 34 percent of the vote just just stole it. This mm. year, this is the second year in a row for IE Pinball. Last year was the committee approach. This year is amongst his peers. So I think this year means a lot because not only did, did we recognize him last year, this year, you know, the judges really are his peers and really drove that home as well as don't panic flip with 13% of the vote. And, um, Manu at, uh, MPT3K. Yeah. Mystery Pinball Theater 3000. Yeah, so amongst really great streamers there, really, really happy to right. see that. And and for those that are unlike the Game Awards, when this all goes on the website, we had already, as and per our rules, we're only going to really list the top three. Uh, we're not going to list every, I mean, some of these categories is a lot, so we're not. Yeah, uh, and, and we also got into a lot of ties in this area as well. Yeah. Like fifth place, everybody had like oh, yeah, one yeah. vote or There's two all, votes. Yeah, so. there were a lot of one votes and, and a few, you know, and two votes. For that matter. So anyway, um, yes. so next was uh, podcasting. Excellence in pinball podcasting. The pinball show in which we are on right now. <gasps> Congratulations, Dave. This is the Dennis Creasel category here. This is 27.5% of the vote. We're not IE pinball hot. You're not IE pinball hot, but I will say... Zach had some very kind words on the ceremony for you because, quite frankly, and I'm not blowing smoke here, one of the fun things of this podcast is yourself, Dennis. So that is well deserved. I like the part of the ceremony where Greg wondered if for the first year I was nervous. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, no. Because uh, I had done the, the This Week in Pinball podcast with Zach for a year before that. So no, wasn't, wasn't nervous. Just changed up the style. Just change, just change up the style. Uh, before uh, this show, uh, I just do, I just do a line. Uh, <laughs> Silverball Chronicles at number two, my podcast yeah. with Ron Hallett. You have, and you weren't even a Twippy nominated podcast in 2020. Mm, I am Twippy nominated this year, so I've got. Yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping this year I can, I can crack the top three on the Twippies. Twelve point five percent of the vote. Yeah, nice. And um, I will have to say though. In the ceremony, Zach probably picked just the worst clip. I think he does that on purpose. Oh my god! Because it was he <laughs> seriously. It was the the clip that he chose was leading up to a a punchline, and then he cuts off the punchline. Yeah, we all <laughs> oh, <sighs> just brutal. But I'm really I'm really happy mm -hmm. with that, and I'm I'm really happy that uh, the, the judges you know sort of put me down on the list. I'm really humbled by that. Mm -hmm. And I, put, I put a lot of work into the podcast, so. Yeah. Well, it's probably, uh, and this is unfair of me to say because I have no idea the background of any of the other ones, but it might be the most uh, most edited, but I think it's definitely the most researched podcast of, of any of them. Yeah. Um, so we, we, were, uh, we were just about to record our latest episode, Ron Hallett and I, and uh, that's going to be on Dennis Nordman and his ramps 
But uh, with the passing of Lyman Sheets, we've decided to put that episode on the shelf. And I've started the research really quickly on a Lyman episode because I really want to honor Lyman, mm-hmm. um, especially now that, that he's sort of in the fore uh, in front of everybody. Uh, third place, the second year in a row nominated is Backbox. This year with um, Rebecca Salam as the co-host of Backbox. Yeah, the show changed up its format a little bit. Absolutely. Super happy to hear that. Uh, Specifically women in pinball, uh, lady pinballers, I believe they call them. So I'm really pleased to see them finishing third. Now, Slam Tilt podcast, Ron Hallett's other podcast. Oh, you might have been number one if they hadn't voted for him on that one. Uh, that's with Bruce Nightingale, of course. They are five years in, so of course now their podcast is allowed to have opinions. Mm, yes. And um, what I'm going to say there is, you know, Ron had mentioned, oh man, I think we're, you know, for for Twippies, for example, he's like, oh, we're going to split the vote. And I'm like, Ron, you shouldn't be worried about splitting the vote. And you should be happy to know that you are on two of the highest regarded podcasts out there in pinball at the moment. He should take a lot of pride in that. Mm. He's, he's, he's integral to Silverball Chronicles. And quite frankly, the corralling that he does with Bruce Nightingale on Slam Tilt is, is an award. That he's, yeah, that, he's deserving that seems, of. that seems exhausting. Yeah. Uh, final round also. So all yep. three of these podcasts, 7.5%, they were all tied. Yep. So they've each, all finished. Each third. took 7.5% of the vote. Final round has really just surprised me with just how awesome they are. Um, it's Marty interesting Robbins, for, for a podcast that, that started, uh, with the concept that it was going to be about competitive pinball and, surprisingly to me to this day it's still actually like triple drain does more competitive pinball than final round does and honestly i think final round's better for for it for what they're doing sorry triple drain no one wants to hear all that tournament talk <laughs> joel's the worst <sighs> um joel when it comes to final round so originally in the first episodes of silverball chronicles i was going to do like a sponsor a silly sponsor. And you can hear that kind of in the pilot episode, the first three episodes and around the same time, final round starts and their sponsors of the week are so good mm. that I just said, Oh God, I can't do this. I have yeah. to, I have to stop. They, they, they're they, so they action first. Not only are they entertaining, their rapport is really good. Marty's accent is super sexy. It's fantastic. So well-deserved for them as well final round they're taking a bit of a break at the moment a little hiatus but they will hopefully be back mm-hmm. so then uh, uh pinball writing was another one of our, our categories and uh they well the ceremony revealed the top two and i think part of the thing was I, I looked at what the third was and it was a tie between uh two like one of them was well honestly one of them someone i guess some people wrote me in and i didn't even have anything out in 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 the uh in 2021 so right. I'm, I'm guessing that's kind of why they shut it but and then it was, everyone else was all tied yeah yes yeah, so as i remember correctly. so instead anyway, of like listing literally everybody we just went with the top two yeah, yeah this one so. was a walk away home oh, yeah. here this week in pinball 38 percent, well mm-hmm. deserved by jeff patterson yeah i'm gonna guess most of the judges probably were thinking about the deep dives which is still my go-to for uh pretty much like versus going to the manufacturer directly i usually prefer going and looking at twip's deep dive 
Yeah, some of the virtual pinball stuff that they did earlier in the year uh, before Jeff Patterson has sort of taken his kind of step back and hiatus has been really good. What's surprising here is Nap Arcade with 14% in second place. Yeah, he's uh, fairly – I thought it was fairly late in all-time blends for me now. But, of course, he has his own website at this point, and he's been writing a lot more uh, lengthy pieces over there uh mm-hmm. versus but he I mean he's always been posting a lot on on Facebook. But I'm guessing it's the website is really where exactly. where people are coming at it from, which would make sense because uh Twip's a website. So And he's doing weekly news drops now over on the Nap Arcade website and Facebook page. So mm-hmm. he's he's kind of filling the gap where this week in pinball has kind of taken a step back in in 2021 so uh, it was a for something so new a very good showing but of course we're going to be mentioning nap arcade here uh later on actually in just a moment (laughs) so excellence in pinball social media and i think this is where yeah this is where people really know nap arcade though because of his his facebook and instagram but uh we had a tie we did two very deserving teams oh yes yes this was so it's uh, Fun With Bonus and Nap Arcade both got exactly the same number of votes, 18.75% of the vote total each for them. So Very so, good. Yes, yes. And Fun along. With Bonus, I mean a staple when it comes to social media, sort of posting and news and sharing, an absolute staple. I was surprised about Fun With Bonus only because for so long, you know, it really changed focus when Steve was at Deep Root and it really was where he was listing a lot of rule stuff for, for Raza. Um, and it wasn't the same. Le- I mean, it used to be daily posts, which I mean, I can't, he did that for years. I couldn't imagine trying to, to do that much work for pinball, but, but, um, you know, he's gotten to go back, I think, and, and do stuff again after Deep Root kind of imploded. So, yeah, so. he also stopped posting all of his um, tax advice and investment advice on Fun With Bonus around that time. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> so and then uh, because that would kind of take away the, the second place because, you know, first has got two. Uh, there was a tie at third. Yes, this this one I'm really happy with. Uh, Joe Cheravino, Joe C. from Pinball Degenerates. Mm. They are on Facebook as well. Toronto-based uh, yeah. man of my own heart. I'm originally uh, spent 10 years in Toronto living there. And, and he, uh, they, uh, the Pinball Degenerates uh, page is having their own awards uh, here in February. Yeah, do we really need another award show, though? <laughs> i i say the more the merrier That's exactly and uh, i ain't gonna be one of those year one haters and it's it's like pinball silliness right it's like somebody shows up and packs three electromechanical machines into a 2002 rav4 and they are a pinball degenerate and it, and they post their the share the social mm. interaction is really funny fun with bonus is a really great sharing resource degenerates is really kind of a, a fun collaborative kind of page which is really neat and uh joe tied with the pinball network which is uh that's my, you it's kind of me it's me and that's zach pretty- we share some stuff there you but, do uh, most of the social media posting yeah i think a lot of though i think a lot of that it just I, it's a lot of reposting from a lot of our um other uh, so content it's a, providers it's a, it's a true collaborative effort it really it really is I, I i post some stuff and i do some things i often miss a lot of posts that i should be putting up uh most of them from top rope pinball sorry about that rob but uh that that stuff does come up pretty often and uh, i think we should be pretty happy that we've only been really around a year or so two years 
And uh, we've been able to do that. But mm-hmm. excellence in pinball photography. This one is a bit surprising. I didn't yeah, see this one coming. Yeah. I, uh, uh, so Nap Arcade was the first place winner, which he does post a ton of photos. It's just people I don't think, and I, I'm one of them, don't go immediately. When I think photographer of pinball, it's just, it never pops into my head. I always think of him as a social media person of pinball. Yes. But 30% of the vote significant so this is the thing okay last year when we did our committee approach i don't think nap came up because you know if we're in the committee we're sitting around but this year where the judges that voted in the game and category awards they can write in whoever they want a lot of them wrote in nap arcade so it's it's widening out the breadth of what we can see because last year orange photography uh and charles uh acosta who is pinball photos, they were nominated as well. So two, two, you know, re-nominations, if you will. Right. But they were, arcade. Yeah, they were in second and third. I I do wonder uh that in the case of Orange Photography at least, which I, I'm more familiar with, I know a lot of those photos are often been at tournaments and with the IFPA suspension of awarding whoppers up until like August or so of twenty twenty one, if there's just been less uh output that people have been seeing because it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. That he was at taking photos. Yeah, it's like so, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but but both very good. And I w- I will note we did actually and third place with pinball photos was seventeen percent of the vote. Uh, Orange photography was about twenty two percent of the vote. There was a tie at third, but we even before the voting happened, we did have one of the photographers ask not to be ever named if they were nominated. So we won't we won't mention who that is. But yeah. Um, Pinball uh, excellence in pinball videography. So this is a really a growing category. Video and 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 YouTube in general has really, I'd say, grown in the last three years and a lot in the last twelve months because yes. people people are kind of making their own content because we're all generally stuck at home and local. Yeah. So it's really exciting to see this one. But straight down the middle of pinball show with thirty percent of the vote share. Yeah, um, they Pretty are significant. They are what they are, right? They are uh, Twippy award-winning uh, videographers. Uh, we're talking, of course, about Zach and Greg. So this isn't, you know, anything that's surprising. They've done really well. I will say, I wish that they had more content. That in, in 2021. That's been. I've seen some people and talking about. Yeah, that's been. You know, actually, I remember hearing that a lot in 2020 as well. But I mean, he, you know, Zach is doing the editing of of the pinball show he's doing a lot of the pinball stuff when it comes to flipping out he's do so i i, I understand yeah, yeah. That. it's it's a i mean people uh, saying aside even his his job now as a, as a pinball distributor i mean the the bottom line is they're not the closest people in terms of you know, they have to be together to do what they do and uh, so they're not the closest physically like it's not like it's a five minute drive for zach and greg to get together but separate from that you know, back when Straight Down the Middle really was first going, Zach didn't host a podcast. And yeah, then exactly. once he started doing the TWIP podcast and then the the uh, the Pinball Show podcast, it's just that stuff eats into the ability to do some of that. So, I mean, I, and I, I understand that some people who prefer that to this will, will lament that. But yeah, selfishly, I wish they did m- more video content. I, r- I really do. Second place last year's winnow, Imono Arcade, Imono Harney. 
18 percent of the vote and a new name who i had never heard of before until i started seeing the votes come in is abe flips with 15 percent. i have been told i think mostly by zach that abe flips is really 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 good quality uh and i think even and zach can correct this next time he's he's on an episode i think he said you know if it was straight up on quality as the only judgment factor that someone might factor in abe flips should probably win I'd never seen it before. That clip they did though for the ceremony was hilarious. With the with the with the jiggling or the nudging? Yes. Yes, to save a ball from the from the out lane into the in lane. I just I thought, wow, I really need to check out some of this because I've never seen a video of A flips. But this is one of the major reasons when we had originally discussed starting the pinball industry awards or a a, a judging, you know type of awards and Academy Awards style awards for pinball was I wanted to highlight these individuals that don't, that don't bubble up in a popularity kind of people's choice vote. And there is a prime example of somebody that we're giving exposure to who normally wouldn't get any exposure. Mm -hmm. Abe flips. So check that out. He's also got a very, very nice accent. He must be from Europe. Hmm. So our, our final excellence award category was a new one, uh, the Harry Williams Legacy Award. And I'm giving you credit on this because you pushed for this last year, if I remember. Uh, you've been talking about that we need a Legacy Award. It was actually talked about by the committee last year. And, you know, at the time with the group of 12, we were so – I mean – we just burned so much time, as you remember, trying to decide the given awards we had already agreed upon that we just didn't do it. But this year, you got to have it. And because, I mean, you, you made a good point about having something to really recognize people that have been contributing long term to the hobby. So yeah. let me g- give you the floor to talk about it, because I know you were really passionate about this one. Yeah, I, I really wanted to make sure that we could give recognition to somebody who's 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 been in the hobby for you know decades years somebody who's given a lot of themselves and we can see with somebody like a like a Lyman Sheets they literally do give so much of themselves and they are so involved in you know giving us fun and having a good time that they deserve to be recognized and the winner this year is is somebody I didn't expect to win in the first year yeah. and to win so handedly. I They definitely have been really involved with pinball for a very, very long time. It's just, you know, when people talk about they, like when people talk about a national pinball day and stuff, they say they want to name it after Roger Sharp or, you know, there's just certain names that you hear about yeah, all our, our oh, Gary Stern has been Stern. in it for yep. decades, you know, things like that. Uh, so yeah, I was surprised because this, you know, I didn't know what to really expect. And there were so many different names proposed. I mean, the percentages in this category were actually somewhat lower than the other ones because people did not, in many instances, coalesce around. Like, there are a lot of one-vote people that kind of, you know, that sort of thing. Because there's just there was so a many wide different- breadth of choices. Oh, yeah, because there's so many people. Like, do you recognize a designer? Do you recognize a rules person or a programmer? Do you recognize someone who's done sound? I mean, there's just so much stuff. You recognize I, someone behind the scenes. I chose uh, the same as Zach Many, which I'm quite surprised he mentioned in the ceremony that he chose Shelly Sachs, who is mm. exactly who I wrote in from Data East and Stern Pinball, because she ah, is really one of the integral yeah. three as to why both Data East and Sega were around. And of course, the jack of all trades 
currently still at Stern Pinball, kind of those unsung heroes in, you know, Gary Stern is sort of out in front and flashy and Joe Kamenkow, of course, is is Mr. Sales, Joe Kamenkow. So, you know, I thought that that was really, really important. But it came down to somebody who got a lot of votes from a lot of individuals, Dwight Sullivan, senior programmer at Stern Pinball. Right. And of course, his career dates well back before Stern Pinball, too. So, I mean, he has been, you know, programming and doing rules design for a very long time in the hobby. I, I, but honestly, I did not expect a programmer to be the first year pick. Absolutely. And a programmer outside of somebody like Lyman Sheets, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like I could have expected well, something like yeah, that. Honestly, if the vote were to rehappen immediately, I think just given the wake of what, what's transpired with Lyman, he would probably have cleaned up. But, but the, this was concluded before obviously that tragic news came out. So Dwight picked up 14.28571% of the vote. So I That's asked pretty sure. specific there. Yes, because it's Dwight, I wanted to make sure that I got the percentage multiplier correct. You should probably announce the per- a percentage and then a multiplier to have him figure out his own percent. Exactly, exactly. I'm really proud of Dwight Sullivan. Mm. Probably my favorite programmer. Um I'm not a good enough player, Dennis, to really tell the major differences at this point between, you know, Dwight and Lyman and Lonnie and, and, you know, Keith Johnson and those guys. Like, I, I get it, but I don't get deep enough. I don't get as complex enough because quite frankly, for the last two years, I haven't, I haven't been able to play as much as I wanted to on location, but really happy with the Harry Williams Legacy Award because quite frankly, Dwight has in fact left quite a legacy on pinball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, we, you'd have to ask every judge that happened to vote for him exactly why they made that selection to know, like, what the logic was. My assumption, you know, like, if I, looking at it from the outside in, because, yeah, I think when you take someone like, like a lineman who is perhaps better known on the rules design side, uh, for what he brought to the table, I think one of the key things that it's really important to, to know about Dwight is setting aside, like, the stuff Zach for example, likes to play up about, you know, him, him and his focus on coding and making moments and, and that, you know, and the light shows. shows. Yeah. And the light shows and all that, which is, yeah, I'm sure is a factor, but he's incredibly approachable. He, when you hear him, the biggest thing is regardless of who you might think of as the top, like who makes your favorite rules, if it's Elwin, you know, and having Rick Nagel program them in over it was Lyman and like what he brought in for Batman and, and Walking Dead and Spider-Man, like games, you know, he's seen us saving certain games and such. Uh, but if you ever watch a stream, like watch a dead flip reveal with a game that Dwight worked on, the enthusiasm he he oozes enthusiasm. He's just it's, so excited. He just, he just can't wait yes. to show you. He's just, and he's so, just vibrating. And so from that perspective, like when we talk, you know, we often throw around that phrase ambassador of pinball. We talk about an ambassador of pinball, someone who has done it for as long as he has. And so s- still so clearly exudes his love for it. It's, it's very, it's very compelling. So that's what I think is what pushed him over the, I mean, cause we had some other high vote people as well. Uh, but yeah, he, I mean, it wasn't a tie. He, he won. And I think that's what pushes him over the edge is, you know, some, and it'll come, some of its personality and some, some of these people that do things are really aloof, uh, or they don't, you know, they don't exude it in the same way, but 
when you ooze pinball like Dwight does, it's hard not to get excited. Like, I remember watching The Mandalorian. So I didn't even vote for – I voted for George Gomez. But when I when I watched The Mandalorian reveal, it was like he's – the way he's going through, I could barely follow it. But you could just tell how excited he was on the foundry and the concept and just everything. I'm just like he loves pinball and it comes through. And so that's my guess. I don't know if that's what the what the logic was for the voters or not. But, I mean, that's what stands out to me. Congratulations, Dwight Sullivan, yes, on being the yes. very first Harry Williams Legacy Award winner. I will note here, now that we're, we're, we're finally through, so those that don't want to, I mean, you can always go to YouTube and watch the ceremony if you're interested. I think it's about an hour, 45 minutes. You can always put it on 2X if you want. Don't tell Zach he gets mad when I do that. Oh, come on! Um, but uh, I did see that Zach did let... Uh, let us know that uh, Dwight and Scott Denisi for his Hall of Fame uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation did reach out to Zach. Uh, uh, you know, both of them expressing their gratitude for the recognition of their work. So I okay. thought I'd share that. Very good. So should we move on to some of the other news outside of the Pinball Industry Awards? Mm-hmm. You know what? I feel like I feel like some basketball. <gasps> yeah, we're gonna have shoelaces tied or not tied. Well, if it was that's the nineties, by the way, and it's, that's right. If it's the nineties and it's a premier game, those shoelaces ain't ever seeing a loop. So this, all this information is provided by Nap Arcade from Nap Arcade's website. Throw that into your Google machine to bring that up. We're talking about Super Hoops, which is a new game that is designed by Quetzal Pinball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's their third design. They did a Captain Nemo in 2015 and a Tokyo Drift, which I do remember in 2018. Were they the, and I don't know if you'll know this or not, um, so I'm going to spring it on you, Dave. Were they the ones that had been working on pinball? Uh, there was like a, a goblin one, like Olympic goblin, and they had to change the name because of the word Olympics. Couldn't be I have yours. no idea. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, there was, there, there was know, one with a weird name. In. This was years ago, so. Uh, sorry. They're, of course, they're a, they're a Spanish manufacturer of gaming devices, Bitronic. So they reached a deal with Quetzal on uh, a request to build the design and the game of Super Hoops. So they basically outsourced it to a a third-party manufacturer. Super Hoops is on the line currently at Bitronic. So they're doing direct sales in Spain. It's actually just Super Super Hoop singular. Oh, it's one hoop. There's only one hoop? Yeah. Well, how do you play basketball with only one hoop? That doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't, but when you look at the photos at the Nap Arcade website, you see there's only one basket toy, and but it's quite a toy. Ugh, Europeans. Tell us is, about is that basketball toy. Is basketball big in Europe? It's half court. They're playing half court basketball. They're playing half court basketball. Of course they would. So they're doing direct sales in Spain, so you go directly to them to purchase. Up here in the Great Way North, eh? They're doing Nitro Pinball. That's, who's, that's who you can get your... Your Canadian mm. dealer from them over there out, out in the West. And then uh, apparently flipping out pinball here in the U.S. is doing that. Now, there's a question mark. I don't know if Zach doesn't know. <laughs> uh, well, based off of my experience with Zach with the show notes, when he wants to humble brag, he'll he'd probably say it like, well, it's direct sales for Spain. Uh, you can always turn to Nitro uh, as the dealer in Canada to get Super Hoop. And uh, – it looks like flipping out pinball is the dealer for the U.S. Very well delivered. Very good. Thank you. So That's the conversion rate, conversion rate on currency, it's five thousand two hundred seventy-two and fifty cents. Don't that, stiff them on the no, fifty cents. That puts it under a stern pro. That's that's pretty attractive. That's pretty 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 good. 
but it so, kind of surprising. So what what do you think of the game? I mean, I have not watched the video, but from the from the still images I've seen, it seems like it's got quite an interesting sort of light show going on. I have seen uh, social media posts about it actually on Nap Arcade and a couple of places like uh, like gifs and, and little clips and things, and I am quite impressed by its main toy, which is and you had mentioned it is a uh, backboard with a magnet in it and a hoop in front. So you shoot up and it. The, the magnet will catch it and hold it on the backboard and then drop it into the hoop. That's mm-hmm. actually pretty smart. I mean, it's and not, a, it's not yeah, something we haven't scoop. seen before, there's but it's cool. Right under that hoop. Exactly. There's scoops and hoops. Yeah. Think of the backboard as basically Mechagodzilla tummy grab. Yeah. It looks fairly wide open. Um, the shots are nice and wide. There's no real tight shots in there. No pop bumpers. No pop bumpers. So there's, it's got lots of room in the back. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Star Wars. Why are there yeah, pop I'm intrigued in the game? by this? I have no layout. idea why. I'm intrigued by this layout. Um, yeah, it's got a it's a three flipper layout. It's got sort of that kind of you know, differently positioned. But I guess if you didn't see a photo, you could think something of a of a warp ramp shot from Star Trek. Uh, my, wh- what do you think of the art? It's it's um, it's not for me. It's not bad. I can see that people don't like it. It is very busy. It is very kind of reds and colorful like it's not bad um it is hand drawn it's not silly but it's it's just it's okay some people might be a little off put by the like some of the basketball players it's fond of this is a common stern pro tactic where you instead of sculpts you use these flat plastics and kind of stand them up Mm -hmm. and they've got Mm -hmm. that for a few basketball players i will say my favorite though is the what i'm calling the warp ramp shot the warp ramp basketball player who apparently Guile from Street Fighter has decided that B-Ball is <laughs> what he's going to be doing. Because he's still got all the muscle, and he's still got the hair, but now he's basically going to Sonic Boom uh, three-pointer. He's playing European basketball, brother. That's right. Um, I, I think, actually, I'm quite surprised that this is the third sort of pin they're releasing. Um, it's Probably the most professional one that they've released. The pricing is really good. I'm really impressed. Uh, I have to say, I'm going to keep my eye on it. Allegedly, their next game is a licensed theme from Netflix in which they have already 100% secured the license. Tiger King? Oh, God. (laughs) I thought it was going to be like the Queen. (laughs) Oh, come on. No. No, uh, no, the game no. was streamed on RB Flip France. They are the sort of European podcaster streamers over in France. You can mm. check them out on their streaming channel. You're probably not going to understand what they're saying unless you're bilingual. Well, specifically with French, I would assume. Well, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they speak Spanish on the stream. I, I don't <laughs> think I've watched their stream. But that's not the only uh, game news. There's kind of that uh, that what I, remake's not the right word. I guess enhanced package. Funhouse Two: Rudy's Nightmare. This is exciting. I'm not joking. This is pretty exciting. Yeah, that's the Halloween theme for Rudy's. For those who don't know, Funhouse Two: Rudy's Nightmare is basically a sort of a conversion kit for an existing Funhouse. So if you wanted to take a seven thousand dollar game. And spend another two thousand dollars because you got money just burning in your in your pocket. This is the this is the add on kit for you. Same price as a brand new Stern Premium. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I, for those that for those that don't know, we've talked uh, on Zach and I have talked about this before on the Pinball Show. Those that don't remember, this is the game with the hot dog that has mayonnaise on it. 
All right. So overall, um, I think I'm really pleased with the way that this machine is turning out. There's two new videos of gameplay, which were posted on the Nap Arcade website. You go ahead and check them out. Uh, he also put some information on the rule set that's sort of starting to be developed or, or be released in a way that's digestible. Uh, overall, it's still in beta, right? So you can buy it, you can hook it up, but it's still not quite complete. The gameplay videos could have been a better quality. Like, again, um, and I, probably Zach, if he was here, he's a stickler for sort of revealing yourself on your best foot. Uh, you know, Stern is very good at that when it comes to releasing their games on their best foot. Jersey Jack with it, it, with straight down the middle. They, they're able to present that better. This was kind of like meh quality. Did you see those videos? I did not, no. Yeah. The other thing is uh, our good friend, friend of the show, Mark Silk. Mm, he was in yeah. Star Wars. Did you know that? Yes. Uh, episode one. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I've well, heard about that. Yes. Very so, big in discussing things in uh, committee. Yes. Uh, if you want to follow him on Instagram, you can always see every time he gets a haircut and his dog sits at his lap. That's always he has to kick his dog. A lot. He kicks his dog a lot. Yeah, I think he. I think he pokes his dog. I think that's less kicking. Oh, I don't. My sister had a dog that was like that. That wanted to be kicked. <laughs> so it would walk up to you and it would demand to be kicked. That's so funny. So I guess. Mark Mark Silk does the voice of Rudy. It is a bit stiff. The, the dialogue is a bit stiff, and I don't think that's a critique on Mark Silk, and I think that's on the script that he's getting. I think the script is too basic. Pro- probably. I mean, we've heard Mark Silk in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball, and it's not stiff. So, right. so yeah, so, that's a scripting thing. Let, let Mark loose. This guy is talented. He was in Star Wars. I know I mentioned that. He he knows what he's doing. He's a pro. Just just let him bring it. Let him let him get down there. Let him smash it the way he wants to. Get some excitement. Let him talk about the mayonnaise on that hot dog. Exactly, hot dog. Get yourself a hot dog with mayonnaise. Cause something's wrong with you, kiddo. And enormous respect for the sound effect of the squeaky toy <laughs> for the slings. Good I've not them. heard that yet. I. That sounds like it would drive me insane. It's it's like the the noise I, of when you've got like a a killer clown that's sneaking up behind. Oh, it's like squeak 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 squeak. squeak, squeak yeah, squeak. I it's just I you know I'm not like Ryan C who's he, like he's a stickler for all things sound, but like that was my thing with Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle. I could not stand that tinkling glass sound of their slings. It just drove me. Cr- I think they actually tweaked to that, uh, but early on it was I thought very annoying. Wow. So that's all I've got for news. Is there anything else that you that you want there? No. That's all we have for our from our notes. So I guess that means it, is it time for pinball market trends? Let me do this this the way that Zach wants it done, okay? Okay. Do it the way Zach told you to do it. It's time for pinball market trends. What's trending up? Trending up this week, everything. Everything <gasps> is trending up. Every, <gasps> this market is crazy, super annoying. I that doesn't Tron. make any sense. <laughs> How's Tron doing? Also trending up this week, Tron. <gasps> the greatest John Borg layout of all time combined with the code of Lonnie Rop, the one and only Lonnie Rop, and Lyman F. Sheets Jr., this game, of course, featuring a scoop, two ramps, 
surprise, it's a John Borg layout. It is fantastic, always trends up, a fantastic game. But that tre- that brings us into something else that's trending down mm. at this moment. What should we trend down? Uh, trending down are, are bad reveal videos for obscure pinball machines and, and conversion kits. We need good quality. We need to know why we should spend exorbitant sums of money and not just spend it on powder coat. Trending up right now is the Uber Eats guy who just arrived and walked by my window in literally four feet of snow. God bless that man. He made it all the way you made uh, someone drive and deliver in that weather i i, I didn't i think my wife did but, oh, so but hats mean. off to you Uber so Eats guy. mean oh wow <laughs> i can't even see my fire hydrant in front of my house it's the <laughs> snow is so high <laughs> that sucks to be that guy hmm. of course this week's deal of the is World Cup soccer here in Canada. I have a mm. good friend who's looking for this Bally Williams C-grade title. C-grade title. C-grade title. C-grade. You take that back. Take it back. Now you take that back. You take that back right now. Take it back. C-grade title. Say what? C-grade title. You do. You do need my help, sir. Can't you see that, you son of a bitch? Could you please just let me check out my groceries? Fuck you. I'm trying to help you, motherfucker. C-grade title. Accuser of the fucking (laughs) brethren, you motherfucker. And quite frankly, the prices are through the roof. Everything was trending up. Absolutely. So we're talking $6,250 here in Canada is the asking price on the majority of those machines. We're talking $4,900 US. So that is crazy talk. Mm. Crazy talk. I never thought I'd see the day. Not for World Cup soccer. Ugh. We're at the top of the market, Dennis. We're at the top of the market here at the moment. Sure, it might keep going. Sure, it might stay flat, but the more people use their emotions and buy things with the money that they have just sitting on the side, the longer that this is going to continue. <gasps> stop it. Just stop it. That- you couldn't give those away like five years ago. Zach may not like this. <laughs> and that's it for Pinball. All right, so in closing here, Dennis, mm. where can everybody find you? Well, they can always email me over at eclecticgamerspodcast.gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast and shoot a message. They can also email the pinball network at gmail.com. I don't check that as much anymore now that I'm not having to deal with all those emails related to the pinball industry awards, but I can get access into the email account at will should I need to respond to something. Mm, what yes. about you? What are, Everybody, hey, don't you don't you have a finance business for Canadians? I do, I do. If you're a Canadian, you can check out dennisfinancial.ca. But uh, if you want to talk about pinball and all of that other stuff, 
just shoot me an email at silverballchronicles at gmail.com. And you can also check us out at silverballchronicles.com. And of course, we have to do our sponsor plug, even though Zach's not here for flipping out pinball. So gosh, uh, I've heard that the product showcase this week is Guns N' Roses LE is now in stock. So if you've been hoping to get a game where if you hadn't heard, Slash was able to just call up Paul McCartney and get Live and Let Die in on the game. Hey, it's now available. I could hear that story three more times it would it would be it would be great <laughs> just, just it would like, be great yeah i'm famous i just called another famous guy yeah no you know because we're famous we just do no famous things yeah turns out uh all that other uh you know bs that happens in the music industry is all just bs and we do it for fun mm-hmm. batman 66 le pre-owned this mm. machine i if i had the money you know what i talked about emotional purchases and pushing up the price of things I would I would probably buy a hmm. Batman 66 LE. It's got that awesome topper, Chris Franchi. Oh, mm. well, Zach also has a Godzilla Pro pre-owned. I know most people are interested in the premium, but hey, if you're willing to settle. Exactly. Cactus Canyon SE SE Plus. The SE Plus, of course, comes with the topper for the same, for the same price, price as the LE. Uh, the Elvira 40th anniversary is still in stock. It's Star Wars, a premium comic pre-owned. The price mm. of those is through the roof because it is the best copy of that game, and they did not make very many of them. So that is collector's item. Yeah, Star I don't Wars. think he'll hold that one for long. Mm. What? Oh, yeah, let's see. He's also got the Star Wars limited edition topper pre-owned. Last time I looked, it was pretty expensive. From him, at least. Godzilla pre-orders on the accessories and Mm. the game itself. So if you want to wait till 2023 for that premium order, get your order in now. He's also got the Elite Pinball uh, Indiana Jones Deluxe Topper. Is that the one that's gold? I don't, I you know, I don't really know anymore. It's shiny, whatever it is. It's shiny. Yeah, so Zach got that in from the Elite Toppers guy with the nice case. Give him a ring. Pick that topper up for your game that's already worth too much. Yeah, IJ4 from Star... Oh, wait. No, never mind. Williams and Deanna Jones. That's the one it's for. No one would buy a topper for IJ4. Chicago Gaming Company. Uh, Ms. Pac-Man Galaga Stand-Up Arcade. Those games are really old. So, but if you for some reason couldn't find one, there's a stand-up arcade with them both. Stranger Things Art Blades. If you want to have Christmas lights all year round and not feel shame... That's how you get them on the That's side right. of your machine. You can enjoy looking at those while you don't see them glow because you didn't buy a UV kit. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Avengers die cut armor, shooter rod, and art blades. You remember Avengers? Possibly Keith Elwin's most complicated game. That's right. So if you want to be distracted from the fact that you don't know where to put the gems on the playfield, die cut armor. That's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy shooter rod. I don't Pew know what that is. I think it's Groot. I am Groot? I think it's I don't Groot. know. I think you're right. I think it's Groot's head. I am Groot. It might be a small one, so I had to raise its voice like a small child, like a baby Yoda of, of trees. Uh, let's see. What else does Flipping Out Pinball have? A Jurassic Park topper and the Amber Shooter Rod and the Art Blades. This is Stern's Jurassic Park, not the Data East hit. The the Amber Shooter Rod is pretty awesome with the, it with the mosquito inside. That's pretty awesome. It is, but who doesn't have it yet? Yeah, that's true. That's true. The TMNT art blades and the shooter rod. If you want to have a shooter rod that you break because you get it because it's really long, this is the one for you. Looks like a sword. On the plus side, it'll hold up uh, longer than the glider mech will. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so let's see Deadpool. Let's see. Flippin' Out's got the Deadpool pop 
bumper ninja star kits. Uh, also, Deadpool shooter rod, Deadpool art blades, and Deadpool armor. Basically, you do all that. Deadpool basically becomes Mandalorian. That's right. And He's of course, armored up. if you it, it, like, let's talk margin. This is where the margin is for Stern. So if you want to keep Stern going and keeping those games on the line, make sure you buy things with high margin. Mm-hmm. Iron Maiden shooter rod and art blades. I don't know what either of those are, but I'm sure they're pretty good. And if you're an Iron Maiden fan, you probably know everything about Iron Maiden because those people are strange. And uh, Zach does have banners. Uh, I thought they're not supposed to sell the banners or list a price on the banner. I don't have a price in the notes. Uh, He'll probably give them all away, though, for things. So maybe just hold off and see if he gives the banners away. One thing that I did wish I had was an Escalera. The turnaround on those purchases are three to four months, so get your name in. That's the thing that helps you go up and down the stairs with like a, a machine. That's that's where it's at. I have used an Escalera before. They are really useful. I've never been after one because my uh, my game room's on the ground floor. So I've gone to other people's houses to buy games and wished I had one. Of course, you can grab your merch, which I get no kickback from. Over at flippinoutpinball.com. That's because your swag is somewhere else. Where do you have your swag for Silverball Chronicles? It's over on silverballswag.com. Go ahead over there. Check on uh, all of the new stuff that we've got in there. Mispronouncing names since 2020. And so you can watch the PIAs on demand. Mm. Uh, Of course, this week we've got a lot of really cool stuff on TPN. Go ahead and check out the Facebook page and that'll see it. Well, Dennis... After that sponsorship plug, I feel dirty. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, we tried to, but you know, uh, hosts don't lie. We're, we're I, only here to report the facts. I got to go shower. Ugh. Yeah. Filthy. You got to go uh, maybe have your kids shovel out so the next Uber Eats delivery isn't quite so arduous. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> it sucks so bad. <laughs> yes. So I ain't going to do anything fancy. I'm just going to say uh, my name is Dennis. Oh, sorry. My name is David. That's right. And incidentally, yeah, people – look, I know David's got two first names for his first name and his last name, but he's David and I'm Dennis. He yes, is not we Dennis. Are, we are officially two separate people because we you can are. hear. Yes. So anyway, uh, everyone have a great week. There we go. Oh, my God. This is long. Zach is going to be so – Yeah, that's two and a half hours. I'm I'm eating. <laughs> You're eating while recording? Oh, that is a faux pas. It's not like Ron eating an apple. God damn it, Ron. Oh my god. We don't like that. We don't like our we don't like our tip. Our headphones be too loud. Yes. Zach gets mad. He's like, I hear an echo. I'm like, I I turned him up. I'm deaf now. <laughs> the the human torch was denied a bank loan. Accuser of the fucking brethren, you motherfucker!